Welcome back, God Slayers, to Death to Divinity, the first all-fat, all-queer D&D 5e actual play show and podcast. If you want to catch us live, you can catch us live every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. EST over on twitch.tv slash mermaidroyal. Follow us on Twitter or TikTok to keep up with us and make sure to use hashtag death to divinity if you are talking about us on social media. Join us on the Patreon for $3 a month for bonus content, playlists, and more. Now sit back, relax, let's travel back to the world of Akramon, or rather in the sky, and I'll see you on the other side. Divinity, the first all-fat, all-queer uh, D&D 5e actual play show and podcast. Before we start the session, uh, Time Daddy, if you would Time Daddy me once more. Fighting for your right for inspiration. Now, who was last week's winner? I think it was Sam. It was Sam. And I fucking Sam. wasted it. Sorry, chat. That means you get to pick who goes first this week. I pick Akita. All right, Kita's going to go first this week. As always, we're going to put 15 seconds on the clock to uh, describe what happened last session. Before before my 15 seconds starts, I was on a lot of cold medicine last week. So I don't remember you were. a lot. But we're going to we're going to try again. We're going to try again. Let's go. We still believe in you with our whole Thank asses. You. So yeah. 15 yeah. seconds on the clock. Asses. Three, two, one, go. We be on the ship. And Gideon gives Julian a piece of their mind. And then Adriel and Gemma have a moment and Gemma's like, go be that confident bitch. I know you can. And then and then we we figure out we're going to Terrapine and then I end up in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, that'd be right. That'd be right. All right, Peter, who are you picking to go next? I'm going to pick Lyrica. <laughs> Lyrica next in three, two, one, go. All right, everybody's getting settled in the ship. Uh, Gideon was like, what the hell, Julian? Julian's like, I got this. Um, eight. Kita ended up, or Winona ended up in my bathroom and now Giant Colossal ripped a hole and Brian's back. And shit's bad. Shit is bad. So huh? 19 seconds, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Lyrica, who are you picking to go next? Uh, Jude. All right, Jude, you're going to go next. 15 seconds is going to be on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Adriel yells at Julian. Adriel also puts Kern in horny jail. Uh, there is a war meeting. We decide to go to Terrapine. Uh, Brian's back gets ripped open by a colossal in the last five minutes of the, of the show. Uh, Adriel pauses to Julian. Julian says no. Uh, there, he's not there to be their friend, and Gemma's a bad bitch who we all love and care about. End of time. Who do you pick to go next? Sam, I guess. Sam, you're going next. 15 seconds on the clock. In three, two, one, go. Okay, the crew is on the copper bale, and there were only two things that happened last week that were important to me personally. Misha said that if Adriel dies, they would be a brokenhearted fool, and Gideon and Brian held hands, and then Gideon, nope, Brian collapsed in Gideon's arms and bled all over everything. Woo! <gasps> And Kurt and Winona did not fuck, and I'm still mad about it. Anyway, uh, Molly. (laughs) For sure. All right. 15 seconds on the clock. Molly, you got this. Ready myself. All right. Three, two, one, go. Adriel finds a note from Misha that Julian tries to destroy. They fight about it. Then Gideon fights about it with Misha afterwards. We have a more more war meeting with the dossier. Gemma gives Adriel a pep talk and a beer. Then we have a very high school lunch. Brian and Gideon have a meeting on the roof, and then Brian's scar rips open after making eye contact with a colossal. Bam. Do you all have any last words? I love you. Say it back. I love you. Yeah, I love you. Say it back. Say it back. I love you. I love you. Say it back. Say it back. 
Perfect. Well, Say it back. Done Say it saying back. it back. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you Thank all you. very, very much. Thank you, Daddy. Anyways, before I just turn completely feral for this show, we're going to hop in. We return to the world of Akramon. Of course, we are no longer in Kurthis, the floating city in the sky, but instead in an airship, a Fig Glass Industries airship, one of the nicest airships to have ever existed. Pretty lucky, huh? Being able to live in one of the most expensive airships ever known to man. Of course, it's kind of hard to take in the view when you've got a dying friend in your arms, but it's equally hard to take in the view when you're sitting in a bathroom of a room that's not yours. Winona, we're gonna start with you because I'd like to hear some things about what's going on with Winona currently at the moment. You're like, you're like sitting on the toilet and like it lilts for a second and your like shoulder like goes up against the window and you're like kind of like tilted on it, looking out and you just see this giant hand reach across and miss your ship by what would logistically be like 100, 200 feet. But to you, you feel like you're on like Space Mountain. That shit felt inches away. In this moment, you're as as the ship moves. And then you see this hand come scraping past the window. Um, Current, can you give me a perception roll so I can see if you see this as well? (laughs) Oh my god, that's a nat one. Is it? Wow. Nope, that's what gives me a four. So tell me. uh, Tell me why you fail so badly, Current. Tell me what about this makes it where you don't (laughs) notice a literal giant outside your window. Current is on the bed right now, just playing over the last 10 minutes of the conversation that happened and thinking that they have fucked up so bad in trying to play smooth so they don't even know they're just like you know you know like when you when you talk the conversation out with yourself and you're like i could have said this so much better so they're doing that on the bed just over and over god i could have done that i can't believe i did this yeah and so so you're you're like looking down you're like thinking about this and so since you're like so in your head the only cue is going to be sort of an audio cue so winona can you walk me through what current hears as this happens to you in the bathroom. Current just flies off the bed. You race off the bed to the door. What happens when you get to the door? Winona, what are you doing? <laughs> Screaming. I like flung myself onto the floor. You're on the floor of the bathroom. (laughs) When I get away from the window. (laughs) Okay. Did you lock the door to the bathroom? Is the door to the bathroom unlocked? I don't remember. (laughs) Probably is. Current, the ship lilts. Um, you hear like the falling of uh, some sort of crashing sound come from the bathroom. You like go to the door. The door's locked. You hear Winona screaming. What do you do? I'm Kurt's gonna knock on her. Winona, Winona, there's a thing outside. Wait, Kurt's looking at the door, trying to unlock. Winona, the door's locked. What do you open the door, Winona? Try to 
back from Winona ship swerves another direction. Can I just get a sleight of hand check to see if you can get this this open? A 13's gonna be enough. The ship wilts, but not with enough time for you to like, kind of like knock away the deadbolt that's on the door. So we say the ship tilts to the other side now, compensating for the roll. And you all go the other way. Can I get a dexterity saving throw from you as you're like trying to open this door, but then the ship falls, like tilts the way that at the same time the door unlocks and you are a hundred percent at risk to go flying. Oh, eight. Current, you take five points of bludgeoning damage as you, tell me what it looks like as you stumble, <laughs> literally stumble and fall into the bathroom with Winona who is already on the ground. I'm putting pressure on the door. I think I was in the middle of like knocking and trying to coax Winona to try to open the door. And Winona opens it in that moment. And so Current's putting pressure on the door forward. So when it opens, Current just falls just flat. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. And so you fall on the ground. Winona, you fall on the ground. I think, Current, it is only from here on the ground that you look through the bathroom window and can see the hand kind of scrape by the ship another time. Winona, there's something outside the ship! Can I get a perception check from everyone on the ship, please? Oh, 20. I've perceived. Winona and Gideon, you are both looking at the window and it is only at this moment that you notice there is another ship right by this colossal. You try to put your eyes on it. You try to see exactly what it is and it's hard, but you're Pretty sure it's not one of the fig glass innovation ships. That's all you can be sure of. Now, this ship, much smaller than yours, but still pretty stocky. You see a figure drenched in rain, nearly sightless to you. You can almost not see them at all. You see a figure in the rain step up to the helm of this airship, do some sort of magic with their hands, and this Runemancy cannon with gears just pops up from the helm of this ship, almost to the point where it's like half the size of the ship itself. You can tell that that is not entirely tech. That is at least half, if not more, magic in nature. You see this figure who you cannot tell who it is pull back on this arm of this cannon and this magical glowing purple charge envelops all of the nearby light around it. You see the lights on your ship flicker for just a moment as this power in this cannon builds up and then releases in an instant. And that hand that was reaching out towards you is blown clean off in a rain of viscera and magic and toxicity and essence. And that's the last you see of that ship before it darts back into the storm clouds, completely invisible to you. 
Winona, that's what you see from the floor of the, the bathroom. <laughs> you are on the ground listening to Current scream. And what is the last thing we see from in this bathroom before we hop over to Gideon and Brian? I'm like speechless at what I just saw. And I'm like poking Current and I'm asking if they saw it too. Did you notice the the the, the big magic thing that just, did you see that? Current is very much just in fetal position, almost in Winona's lap. Did not see anything. Oh, fuck. Oh, we're screwed. Outside the window! No, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, there's a, there's a lot of shit down in the wild. Um, okay, well, the, the Colossal's arm is gone. Um, so... What took off, wait, 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 what took off its arm? Some, some big, some big, big, big magical purple laser beam thing that I'd never seen before and it came out of somebody and I and I and I don't know what's happening down here. I kinda just want to sit here for a little bit and just like current just screams. Taking my life for a second. We're not alone down here. I mean I know that we I know that I know that we know that I have a question. Can Adriel hear current screaming? Oh yeah Adriel you've heard all of this screaming. You heard but it happened in like the matter of seconds and then you looked out the window and you saw like blood shooting out of something and there was like screaming coming from different parts of the ship. It's very overwhelming all at once. What direction are you heading in Adriel Hollow Tide champion to be when this starts happening? Do you stay in your quarters as pirate Queen Gemma has directly instructed everyone to? No I think she immediately goes to Curran's room. Curran is the door Lock. Did you lock the door because you and Winona were gonna fuck? Okay, something happened, yeah. Adriel bangs on the door. <laughs> Kern, open the door! Kern's gonna scream one more time. Oh, you fling the door open. Tell me what this scene looks like. Why, why are you screaming? Why is Winona on the ground? Winona, are you okay? I also heard you screaming. <laughs> the ship <Fire>! wilts. <laughs> no, I'm not fine. Did you not see? The massive what? ground when the ship lilts another time there was, all right there was a there was a there was a there was a massive colossal big old big old big hands that, that that swiped for the ship and i was in here trying to get my life together it may or may not have thrown up a little bit and then it showed up and then and then and then that's not even all of it there was this massive magic thing that showed up and just blew its arm clean off. Was it a magic u- Wait, was it a magic user? Was it a I, weapon? I could barely tell. It looked like it looked like it looked half magic, half real. Was it one of our ships? I don't definitely when it was it was much smaller. It wasn't as fancy as this one. So it had to be something native to 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 to, to what's going on down here. And I just know oh. that if that's if that's native to what's happening down here, I don't want to fuck with it. Okay, uh, okay, um, okay, so here's, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna stay here with Current. Yeah. Adriel, you can pull the blinds if you'd like to. Uh, Adriel goes over to the window and pulls the blinds down very, like, swiftly. We're not gonna look out the window anymore. Okay. And I'm gonna be right back. And Adriel, like, goes to her quarters, grabs her magical tea set, goes back into Current's room, puts sleepy time tea in there, sets it to brew, and just goes... I will be back. 
Adriel, uh, when you leave to go grab that tea set, you can see Luso Caviar is just sort of standing in the center. There's this giant circle where, you know, in the center of all of these dorms, Luso Caviar is standing directly in the center of it, completely silent, using a knife to scrape out from underneath his nails, even though the ship is definitely just like tilting and lilting like nobody's business, just watching. Adriel puts that image in her brain, finishes doing what she's doing with the tea, shuts Kern's door very forcefully, <laughs> as if to say, don't fucking leave, and then uh, looks at Caviar. What's happening, Uso? Life in the wilds, Hollow Tide. What happened? Colossal, starboard. Anona said there was a different ship that shot the hand of it off. Plenty of ships here in the wilds. And Adriel will be tired of men at this point. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and will try to go to Gideon's quarters because the last place Adriel knew Gideon was was on the deck. And so Adriel wants to check. You <laughs> knock at Gideon's door. Gideon does not answer. If you go to try and open Gideon's door at that point, it is empty. Adriel immediately starts panicking. Yep. We cut now to the deck of the airship. Can I please get a dexterity saving throw from one Gideon Osmond? Oh, sure. That's a 14, do you? Yeah, I mean, probably, you probably won't accidentally drop Ryan off the ship then, I guess. But like a one, we could have talked about it. We cut back to a Gideon Osmond who is desperately, who has a bleeding out brine in their arms and is trying to safely amongst the swerving ship and this storm, like a torrential downpour to the to the point where this is not earthly weather. This is this is fey weather. This is chaos for chaos's sake. So tell me what it looks like as drenched in the rain of fey and blood, Gideon tries to get down below deck. I think Gideon's like confused at first. And then like they see the blood kind of like blossoming out from Brian's shirt Mm. and sees Brian go down. And Gideon tries to catch Brian before they even hit the ground and is like panicking. And uh, I think Gideon just wraps Brian in their parents' cloak and is sort of like like, bridal style carrying Brian like in their arms. And you're carrying Brian bridal style when the ship lilts. How do you survive that? I think Gideon just like crouches low and is trying to like sway. Like, you know, when you're on like a boat in the water yeah. and try and like move against the waves. And I don't think they're very good at it because they've never done this before. So it's really rough. I think they're like stumbling a lot, but they're not falling. Yeah, I think at a certain point, like you hit like this uh, rope that's just swinging off of one of the masts and it's got one of those massive like uh, rope gears at the end. I know you know what I'm talking about, but also don't know what the word for it is. Swings down in it and kits you right in the brow and gives you that brow cut opening right oh. there as you're trying to get below deck. But I think that's the, it is sexy. So that's, you know, like that kind of a shoulder, that that's, that's sexy. So that is a gift to you, not a curse. So you've got like a bit of blood, like heading down your face as you start struggling below deck, trying to get a response out of Brine isn't working. Brine is completely comatose, bleeding more. And any attempt to open their eyes, you just see dark Purple. At this point, Brian, Gideon, I am going to give you your first conditions. I know we've talked a bit about how we will be tying in some of these thirsty sword lesbian mechanics, and this is the first time we're seeing that. I am now going to give you both a condition, which there are moves and ways to remove it. You can go look through your rules. They're each uh, individual. The condition I will be bestowing on both of you is frightened. 
because I think that's fair, don't you? You must freeze or flee or fawn over the source of your fear. From now on, that is going to be Colossals for each of you. You might be unable to sleep or concentrate because of your worry. While you are frightened and that condition applies, you will have disadvantage on all strength-related roles. Brine, you will be taking a second condition at this point. This is not able to be cleared. This is a locked condition, meaning that a certain move can be the only thing to clear it, and you don't have that move yet. You are taking the condition wrathful, and that is a gift from the Colossal. You have advantage on all intimidation checks and disadvantage on all constitution-based roles. Gideon, this this is a tight hallway, especially for a tall tiefling. So you're like our kind of like shoulder to shoulder as you are trying to like get down below deck, clutching brine to you. And it is sort of in this harrowed moment at the same time that I think we see Adriel come running down the hallway. Yeah, I think Adriel realizes that the door is locked, like looks at Lusso because she knows that she's gonna get yelled at for not being in her quarters and immediately starts running uh, toward the deck. As she approaches the door, she sees like the tall shadow of Gideon in the darkness. And she just goes, Gideon, what, what happened? Are you okay? And Brian's hurt. What do you mean Brian's hurt? And she like opens the door more and she sees the light like peeking in and sees uh, Brian and Gideon's arm. What happened? Is she bleeding? And she like is, is checking Brian for wounds and can see this glowing purple light and doesn't really know what to do about it. I, I I don't know. We were on the deck looking at pink lightning and I uh, and, and then this thing just looked at her and her back opened up. Where is the medic? And Adriel will like point and just say Mara's Mara's that way uh, and walk with Gideon towards Mara uh, and like knock really forcefully on uh, Mara's quarters door. And I think Gideon's like talking to unconscious Brian. So like, you're gonna be okay. I wanna make sure you're gonna be okay. I'm sorry, this looks really painful, but you're gonna be fine. I promise. And I think Kat is like walking with them too. Yeah, I think Kat was like kind of like pacing around where the entrance to the deck was. Tries to like jump up on your shoulder, Gideon, when this is happening, but you can't. Like it's kind of that thing where you're like, you are very cute and you are not important right now. <laughs> um, uh, the the Adriel as a as a as just like a safety measure, like touches Brian and cast Spare the Dying because they don't know what to do. You cast Spare the Dying, which is a necromancy cantrip, interesting. And we see Brian's labored breathing shallow uh, just a bit. It does not look like every breath is an Mm -hmm. attempt any longer. As you three are rushing down, we will say that Mara actually in the last few hours has spent the last little bit of time turning this this more low-key engineering room into a makeshift med bay. Luso, you actually notice that you go to uh, get Mara. Adriel, you notice this. Luso had eyes on you the whole time and beat you to Mara's door before you could even get there. He kind of like gets up to Mara's door and leans against it. So he's not like facing the door, but he's leaning up next Mm -hmm. to it and he kind of like knocks on it and Mara's door opens and she says, uh, yeah, yes, because she's she's very nervous. <laughs> uh, she says, yes, uh, as she opens the door and you go to talk, you say, Mara, and Luso talks over you like a man would and says, someone's down, med by now. And uh, Mara just, people who deal in medicine, there is that 
switch. And I don't know if Adriel ever got this switch. And I think maybe that's what Adriel spent such a long time trying to learn from Mara. Because Mara mm-hmm. is this like bright anxiety, like up and down human being. But the second she looks at Brine and sees Gideon drenched in Brine's blood, there's that flip, that like state of pure like go mode. And this passes over Mara's face and she says, all right, medbay. She nods to you, Gideon, to off into the direction of this medbay. So Gideon, you uh, kind of like rush in with Mara who like throws down the cot. You see in an instant, she's like waved her hand magically and all of the like medicine supplies that were like, like in this like neatly folded little thing kind of like flaps out in like a moment. They're all like floating in the air as she's getting ready to grab them. As this is happening, she says... All right. Uh, what what took place? Oh, the 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 colossal looked at her in source a, of injury a scar and cause. Back. Colossal back. Yes, and Gideon like lays Brian on the table and kind of gently turns Brian over. Was it a blade? Was it just magic? Was it impact damage? Just magic. A measuring tape magically comes down, measures it. She's bringing in. She's like, you can see that she's actually like, she has like this palette of colors and she's like referencing like the color of the wound to this palette as she's like going through. And you see her eyebrows crease. She says, this is flux magic. I didn't think we'd encounter it this soon. As she's trying to like quickly get a feel for it. You see that she brings these bandages down. She places this gauze over Brian's back. And the blood and the purple just kind of seep into it immediately. You see a soft curse from Mara. She leans over. She grabs some sort of potion. Her teeth wraps around the cork. She pulls it and she gently sort of pours it out. She looks up at you. Injured? No, no. Just, I'm fine. You hear a voice come in over the intercom. It's Gemma. She says, hello loves. We are out of range. Things are stable. You are safe. And you notice at that moment, Adriel, if you've still got eyes on Luso Caviar, Luso sort of disappears in a moment. Adriel, you're standing in the doorway, Gideon. You are like standing out in front of Brian. You see Mara sort of like pour this potion over Brian's back and these ice crystals, sort of these almost magic ice crystals sort of form over it. This crystallization goes over the expanse of the wound. And Mara says, that's a stabilizing potion, should buy me an hour two as I do some research about what caused this wound and how to undo it. Can I help? Can we do anything else? No. I- we have Atlan's journals. I, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'll, I'll, I'll go read, I'll go see if they have anything about flux scars. Um, Thank you. You two should just get rested up and cleaned up. Take care of yourselves. Madison, it's my job on this ship. Let me help you. Yeah, thanks. Gideon turns and like walks out the door and is already... Adriel will follow behind Gideon. Yeah, they're just like power walking to their room. Gideon, wait. Hey, wait. Are you okay? Are you... Did you get hurt? No. Gideon, you're covered in blood. Oh, Gideon looks down. Has not realized they are covered in blood until just now, I think. Let me help you. Yeah, it should dry soon, so then I can start yeah. looking up the books. No, uh, Gideon, so that's fine. Gideon and Adriel will take Gideon's hand and walk into Gideon's room with them, kind of like with her foot, kick open Gideon's bathroom door and sit them on like the toilet in there. And I think like Gideon's room is already kind of like a mess of like journals. Already? It's been like two hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's like one little picture of Alan on their bedside table of like Gideon and Alan 
from like five years ago on like a beach day where they're both like grinning from ear to ear and it looks wildly out of place. Adriel grabs like a big like towel and like looks in Gideon's like medicine cabinet for like the like ingredients to like get blood out of stuff uh, and to clean blood up easily like hydrogen peroxide and like water and like salt. And she like very quickly like puts all of that on the towel and like looks at Gideon and just like makes a hand gesture. Arm. Gideon sticks out their arm. And Adriel will take the washcloth and like on both of their arms, uh, like wipe the washcloth over their arms and like every like exposed skin that they can see and then wring out the towel and do it a few more times until the towel runs clear and then begin doing the same thing to the cloak in the sink. And Adriel's hands are shaking lightly as she gets this weird feeling of deja vu of this exact scenario except reversed. You can't stay up all night, Gideon. I, I don't think I could sleep if I wanted to, to be honest with you. So it was a colossal and it looked at Brian? That's it. That's all. Yeah. It didn't hit her. It didn't touch her. It just looked at her. It just looked at her. Adriel will sigh and like sit on the edge of the, the bathtub as the cloak uh, soaks in the sink. Thanks. Sorry you're having to clean me up. I should be doing that. I don't want to. Don't apologize. We've talked about this. Don't, don't apologize to me, kid. Don't apologize. Don't do that. Okay. Thanks. And she'll very gently like reach for Gideon's hand and just go, this isn't your fault. You didn't know. You didn't know that there would be a colossal there. You didn't know that Brian had that scar. You didn't know that that scar would open up. This is not your fault. Okay. I have just never felt so small and helpless in my entire life. Most things, I would just blow it up. I wanted to. And then I was too scared to even turn and look at it directly, Adri, because I was scared that it was gonna do the same thing to me. So I just ran and and, and then someone else blew it up. I, I couldn't do anything. Adriel shakes her head, I'm glad you ran. What were you gonna do if you were also bleeding, bleeding out Gideon? If I were stronger, it wouldn't have happened at all. I could have done something. It doesn't something. matter about if you're strong, Gideon. This is not about whether or not you're strong. Yes, you are strong. You are a powerful sorcerer. You are a powerful fighter, but these things in the wilds don't care about that, Gideon. And you know that. Brian, Brian is one of the strongest people, if not the strongest person I know. And I watched her collapse like a house of cards in front of me. It's just scary. This is bullshit. I can't believe we're here. And Gideon's just like squeezing Adriel's hand <laughs> as they're talking. Well, Mara has Brian and they're stable for now, so... The least you could do is is change clothes so that you're not just in, in bloody clothes. And Adriel will get up and go over to Gideon's wardrobe and, like, look for, like, the comfiest pair of sweats that she can find and a tank top and go back into the bathroom and, like, shove them in Gideon's hands. Yeah, it's just, like, so much black clothes. It's, like, all black. Complete goth wardrobe. And Gideon changes into clean clothes and comes out. And, like, their makeup's all smeared from crying in rain. Adriel then proceeds to find makeup wipes and go over to Gideon oh, God. and like very gently like takes off Gideon's makeup and like throws the makeup wipe in the trash. And this is just like how their relationship is or was in the before times. Like this is just how they operated. She just kind of sighs and goes, okay, well, you want to look at the journals, right? Yeah. Uh, just should we, should we get Julian to help you? I can also help. I, I just want to really quickly check on Kern and Winona because the last time I left them, they were both crying and screaming on the ground. So I just want to make sure that they're okay. We cut now to Kern and Winona. 
on the ground. Are they still crying and screaming? I think Kern has now composed themselves a little bit. I feel like all of the stress and tears, naturally, I feel like I may have fallen asleep. After about like five minutes of like crying ending, Kurt, you look over and Winona is <laughs> fully asleep. Um, her head's like on your shoulder as you both have got down. But Winona's just fully asleep on top of you right now. Yeah, uh-huh, in this, in this moment. There, there, little Winona. I'm just sitting there with my, I, I think I may have been in the middle of getting tea, the tea for us, and I turned around and Winona was asleep, so just I just cuddled out up. cold from fear. <laughs> I'm just sitting there with my tea. It is with Winona asleep on your floor that Adriel knocks on the door. Can I come in? Yeah, yeah, come on, come in. And before we do this scene, uh, we agreed that Winona was a very heavy sleeper or a very light sleeper. Heavy. Thank you. You stay asleep through this conversation. We continue. Adriel will come inside. She looks like a very different person than the one that you saw five minutes ago. What's wrong? Ryan, Gideon, uh, I went to look for Gideon when I left you and Gideon wasn't in their room and I I went to run up on the deck because that's where they were last and Gideon walked in with Ryan bleeding and passed out. Uh, They're at the medic. A colossal looked at Brian, and Brian had this, I guess, a ginormous scar, and the scar opened current. Oh my God. And Brian bled all over Gideon, and, and... Andrew, Andrew. They didn't even, it, it, it didn't touch Brian. Current, it just looked at them. Current's breath becomes kind of shuddered at that moment when it's, it's truly sinking in what it's like, gonna be like out here. Adri, is Gideon okay? Gideon, I'm going back to them in a second. I cleaned them up, I made them change clothes. I'm gonna make them some tea and, and maybe grab them something from the kitchen. They wanna look at the journal, so I'm gonna go help them. And maybe I can wake Julian to come help us. And Ryan? Mara said it's a flux wound. But, but she can fix it, right? I mean, she stabilized it. I don't know about fixing it. I don't know about fixing it. Mara, Mara didn't expect to see this kind of wound this soon, is what she said. What can we do? What do we do? We go offer our help tomorrow. We help Gideon research. I don't, I don't know. Apparently, someone has to tell Gemma. I don't think Gemma knows unless Lucio told her. Okay, all right. Um, but, uh, you, someone should tell Winona when she wakes up. We can tell her if you don't want to. I get that that's not necessarily the most sexy thing on the planet to, to say that your your best friend bled all over someone. So I can, I can tell them if you would like. I'm gonna go help Gideon. Uh, but I just wanted you to know. Azure will take the tea set, because now it's empty, and kiss Kern on the head and, and just go, I'm gonna make sure that Gideon is okay. So I'll be in Gideon's room if you need me. Wait, Adriel. Yes? Before you go, are you okay? Yes. I mean, really, are you okay? I mean, no. No. We'll do what we can do right now. Okay. We'll go from there. Okay. And she'll rest her chin on Curran's head and let out a shaky breath. <sighs> okay. And leaves back towards Gideon's room. You step outside of Curran's room and Luso Caviar is standing directly in front of it. Gives you a, a once over and says, what are the instructions you gave your crew? I told Curran to help Mara. Gideon and I are looking at journals. Winona's asleep. And Adriel just shrugs, like she's just so flustered at this point. Mara's okay, you can call off current. Okay. You may need to give them other jobs though. The most important thing they can do right now is stay out of the way of the people who can actually help Brian. Okay. I'll keep Gideon occupied. That is the one that we have to worry about the most. Luso just gives you a deep nod and then says, know anything about Terrapine? Nope. I'll see you at breakfast in the mess hall. 
I'll see you at breakfast, Luso. Uh, Luso. Yes. Did you tell Gemma or should we? Luso looks back to Gemma's captain's room. And it's at this point, Adriel, that you can see that there's light pouring in through this door. And if you like stood for a second and listened, you would be able to hear Mara and Gemma speaking softly between each other. Adriel will just nod at this and go back towards Gideon's room. All right. Gideon, we step a little bit backwards in time to just after Adriel has left. We watch her leave through your door and you are back in your room. What happens next? I think Gideon goes and shuts the cart into their window because they are too freaked out to look outside. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like a sim that's been given too many commands, they just stop moving and disassociate in the middle of their room for a few seconds. And then they like slip on this like big comfy cardigan and go shuffle towards Julian's room. And I think without thinking on the way, like scoop up Cat and are just sort of holding Cat. And they're wearing like slippers. They look like a dad on a Sunday. That's sort of Gideon's like pajama vibe, like big comfy robe and clothes. You go and you knock on Julian's door and Julian immediately opens it and says, Kitty. Gideon, uh, and, and kind of like peeks their head out and like looks to see who else is out there. Just Luso, terrifying. You can see Luso is like lurking on this floor. It is terrifying. Luso brings a, a scary energy with him. Also a hot one. Look at him go. Misha, Julian, looks at you and says, oh, uh, what's, what's it, what happened? And again, Gideon is like in pajamas, no makeup on, like clutching a cat, looking visibly distressed. Right. Did you see, uh, did you look outside the window? It's at this point you see that Julian's room is on the wrong side of the ship. Just like on the wrong side of the train, right? Like Julian got to view the canyon. You got to view the colossal that tried to kill Brian. Julian says, no, I have no idea what happened. Uh, I had a moment of vulnerability with someone and then a magical scar opened on their back from a colossal that looked on them. You saw a colossal? Yeah. What was it like? Oh, it was real cool. Uh, It had rotting flesh for skin, and uh, just looking at it scared me so bad I had to leave. Again, Brian, you know, Brian, uh, scar open on the back, magical scar, purple pouring out of her eyes. Here's a moment where a Feywild expert would maybe know what to do, so I can't sleep. I can't sleep, and I need to study, and the more people study, the more secrets we find so you... Yeah, I've got a lead on that information, Gideon. I've got a lead. I it, it might take a little bit of research, but that should be in one of the books that was brought with us, Fae Afflictions. In your room? And Gideon, like, shoulders the way in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go ahead and you uh, shove. As you pull Julian into Misha's room and you look through the books that were given to you to take with you, you see one of them is Fae Afflictions. Now, neither of you has read it. Julian, like, goes and, like, is, like, looking through the books and then kind of, like, pulls it out from the middle of the stack and, like, doesn't do it good. So, like, a book falls over and then, like, holds it up to you and says, Fae Afflictions should be in here if we have a record of it. Cool. Okay. Oh, well, do you mind if I take it? I mean, we can look through it together, but I, I have to warn you, some of the cures in this book are some of the most ridiculous things I've seen, like sitting them on the highest mountain in a cold winter and keeping them there through the summer. Uh, you, you know, there there are some solves in here that are not great. Well, if it's for Brian, we gotta do it. So we're gonna, we'll go to the mountain for a year. I don't care. And Gideon, like, slams the book on the table and like wordlessly hands cat to julian and just starts like going to flip through it yeah go go ahead and roll a medicine check also while i roll this i think the fact that gideon is so nonchalant is like a testament to how freaked out they are Mm -hmm. it's just like complete 
disassociation. Oh, absolutely, I figured. A 19 medicine. Okay. So yeah, you're both kind of like hovering over this book together and it's like very unuseful because like Misha will point at something like two seconds before you were going to look at it and you were like, I look, I'm already- I was going to say that. You are looking. There is something- called the colossal affliction. The first thing that it says underneath it is usually leads to death. Usually isn't always, so. Yeah, no, of course. Usually leads to death uh, is the first thing. And then underneath it, it says something along the lines of activates the worst part of a mortal's self. So they destroy their lives before the affliction takes them. Cure <laughs> underneath it, unknown comma, but record of, not cure, but like someone lived through it and they cured it, but they don't know what it is. I think Gideon's doing the thing where they like follow along with their finger as they're reading and they freeze under the bit where it says they bring out the worst part in someone and they ruin their lives over it. And Julian just kind of hears them go like, okay, 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 useless, perfect, okay. You see underneath treatment, you see the words rumors of specific treatments are traded by flex folk, but we have yet to find the correct one. We just left. We haven't even had a sleep on the boat yet. And, and Brian's here because of me. And this happened. Brian's here because of me for being specific. Well, I mean, it's not like you uh, asked for this either, I guess. Okay, sorry to bother you. Um, Gideon, people are going to die on this trip. Are you trying to be comforting right now? Is that what this is? Is this an attempt at comfort? Because you're really bad at that too. Well, I mean, it should be comforting. The 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 fact that the, the, the odds are very well likely that someone is going to die on this trip and you have evaded this specific instance leading to death. Does that mean you just think Brian's going to die? Is that, is that what no, you're saying? No, no, I'm meaning you kept Brian alive in this specific instance. And while there will be many, many other instances that could partially lead to death, I'm saying that you've evaded this one. What I'm saying is good job, more to come. Okay. Thanks. I That wasn't great, was it? That probably wasn't great. Um No. Do you want like a hug? No. (laughs) Gideon takes the book. Did you get my note? Which one? Are you kidding me? Oh my god, yes, that one I put it in the trash can. Actually the toilet, because in the trash can it would have been proof, Gideon. I left you a note saying you can eat dinner with me and you flush it down a toilet? Yes, when it's evidence, Gideon. Now you're clearly upset right now, so I'm not going to get into this. Evidence of me trying to be nice to you? You jackass, are you kidding me? I can't be nice to you. Julian and I were friends. Are you, you're a clown. You (laughs) and I, you're a clown. Hey, I'm your friend future and then it gets quiet because Julian remembers where they are and says you're the one who said I was bad at at being Julian so no I can't be friends with you all because then I would immediately get caught you're this this fucking sucks you I just had blood all over me and you're being a jackass well you kept someone alive good job do it again next time Fine, I will. All right. Fine, I'm taking the book. Thank you. Take the book. <laughs> You're supposed to be reading them, all of you. 
Don't tell me what to do, clown. The only leader you are is the ringleader of the fucking circus. And Gideon takes like the book again and just walks <laughs> Andrea, out. I think you hear that much. I think you hear it like as you were like leaving Curran's room or something. But before we come back, I need to know, do you also pursue your parents' journals or Alan's journal for information about this? Yeah, everything. Okay, please roll an investigation check. How'd that roll go? Uh, bad. bad. But I do have a question. When Andriel goes to help Gideon use their sage background in order to try and find uh, information. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what happens. Because the reason that you do this role so bad, Gideon, is you open Alan's journal and a note tumbles out. This note begins, Blessed Hierophant, I write seeking your counsel in due admiration and humble confidence on the issue of Curthus's future. This letter from the queen is written such in this two page, so like one scroll front and back letter with the royal insignia on it. Her Majesty Nakata Osirov writes a condemnation of your relationship with Adriel. And each way, it has made both you and her a worse person. And it is cited excellently. And guess what? In this letter, it's very fucking convincing. It paints Adriel in this beautiful light as the future of Curthus, of this beautiful divinator who could be a hierophant in 10 years' time. And then it paints a picture of you, a bad kid who had a sad thing happen to him, who has a lot of potential, but needs the right kind of guiding hand and implores Alan to be the father figure in your life you desperately need, citing you both desperately needing to better yourselves for the Arcanon, for Curthus, and for the divine. She asks Alan to convince you to separate and spend some time working on yourselves to then, quote, revisit union later. Alan's accidentally left this note inside his journal before he gave it to you. And that's what distracts you quite a bit. It's at this point that Adriel knocks on Gideon's door. Gideon's anger is normally really, like, loud, but here they are just so quiet. And before they go to open the door, they go and take that picture of them and Alan and slam it face down on their desk so fucking hard the glass breaks. And I think Adriel hears it before they go and very calmly open the door with no letter in hand. Gideon, what broke? Adriel will push past you. Oh, stuff. I don't know. I think the ship lurched. Uh, I found some stuff. Insight check. Insight check versus deception, please. Mm -hmm. That's a nat one. Never mind. I don't see shit. All right. So with a 19 deception versus a natural one insight, Gideon, you execute this lie to perfection. So tell us the lie that you execute. Yeah. I haven't, I don't know. I think it just happened. I was going to open the door. Anyways, I was just looking through Alan's journals and (sighs) haven't found anything useful. Yep, Julian helped me find one thing, so. What was it? Just some stuff on uh, Flux magic scars, and they sort of relay what Misha told them. And I think the, like, lie here is that there is just, like, a white hot anger just beneath the surface, but Gideon is, like, really, like, masking it right now. And I think this is, like, really rare for them. What's the one time you've done this in front of Adriel before? Like, lied to her this well? I think there's been, like, one time that you've had to do it before and that you fucking hated it. I think that you've lied to protect her before, and that's what I'm asking for. 
No, I think it might have something to do with like Adriel's parents. Mm. Like one time, Adriel had me over for dinner, and the second Adriel left the room, their parents were just fucking abysmal to Gideon. Oh. And Gideon didn't want to ruin the night. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. When Adriel asked about it, Gideon was like, oh, yeah, it was great. I had a great time. They were so nice. And they were just, like, so wildly rude to Gideon. Okay. We continue. Can I see the journals? Yeah. Gideon hands them over. Uh, Adriel will try to find something in the journals. All right. Can I get a investigation check from you? Twelve. Yeah, you see Gideon's father, Morgane, has an entry in his journal of a colossal encounter. Well, the colossal encounter, the colossal that you write about sounds nothing like yours. He does mention that a member of his crew had something similar happen that happened to Brine. They document trading their airship to a group of flux folk coming back a week later and getting that person completely healed but they basically had to sacrifice their entire airship and leave that person with the flux folk for a week. And that was the deal that was struck. Okay. So like closed the journal and set it down on the dresser. So the options, as far as this says, your father gave flux folk their ship and their crewmate for a week. The flux folk kept the ship, but the person came back completely healed. Wow, that's really trusting. You get that trusting was not part of that equation. You can see like the journal entry of like the week of waiting is the most heart-wrenching anxiety. I don't I don't want to do that. Neither do I, but I we have to do something. Okay, but maybe there's flux folk in Terrapine that could help. Yeah, and I mean I, Brian said she's from there, so maybe maybe that'll help us, but it's the only lead we've got. And I don't know much about Terrapine and the one person who does is unconscious right now, but I think it's our best lead. Right. Okay. Well, what what other books did you get? Um, Julian had this one and they like show the one that like they went over earlier. It's like, it, it kind of says the same thing. Is Julian asleep right now? Oh, I don't give a fuck what Julian's doing. I don't think so. I give a fuck what Julian's doing. He's our fucking Feywild expert, Gideon. Don't. Be mean to Sorry, me right now. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm I'm not trying to be mean to you right now. Adriel will take it back. <sighs> Sorry. That's <laughs> anger is not your, it's not for you. Yeah, save it up for Julian, for me, would you? That would make me feel better. Adriel tilts their head. I thought mm-hmm. you wanted me to be nicer to him. I changed my mind. You know what? I, I just had a talk with Julian and they were just a fucking asshole. So you know what? It's fuck Julian. That's all. Oh, Anyways. were they? Were yeah. they? Yeah. Cool. Um, here's this. She sets the tea. I'll be back. And Nigel goes to Julian's room and knocks really loudly on the door. Gideon, if you are going to call me a clown again, I'm not interested. It's not Gideon, Julian. Open the fucking door. You are not invited to call me a clown either, Miss Hollowtide. Adriel opens the door. It's locked. Adriel picks the lock. Roll me a sleight of hand check, you fucking goody two-shoes. Do you have proficiency in thieves' tools? Let me see it no, on the sheet. No, the 16. She rolled the 16. <laughs> you little just, fuck. How do you, what do you pick the door with? Will. What do you pick the door with? Her bobby pin. Her bobby pin. All right, <laughs> fine. You pull your bobby pin out. You pick the lock. It's a deadbolt, but I love you anyways. So you pick the fantasy lock on the door, whatever. You trigger the emergency release mechanism, sure. Adriel swings the door open, like, very forcefully. You... And, like, shuts it behind her. You uh, walk in, you see Julian uh, sitting at his desk, pouring over specifically the book Colossal Sightings 4400s. 
Adriel will take a breath so that she's not coming in here yelling. Mm-hmm. Adriel probably hasn't slept in over 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Her jaw is set, like she's so angry. This is pure, like, I'm going to punch you in the jaw kind of anger. You see them like kind of like haughtily look up at you and then they kind of like see you and they kind of like fumble drop their pen and then like scramble to pick it back up after a moment. There is that initial like, oh, oh shit. But what does Adriel say as, as, as they storm in? Adriel crosses their arms and leans against their desk and goes, what the fuck is your problem, Julian? Miss Hollowtide. And I don't, stop. What is your problem? I don't. Can can I talk or are you just going to keep interrupting me? No, welcome to my room. Speak as much as you wish, Miss Hollowtide. Thank you. Why were you mean to Gideon? Gideon said that you were mean to them and they don't, first of all, they don't deserve that. Secondly, if anyone's going to be mean to Gideon on the ship, it's me. Thirdly, Gideon walked in holding Brian with Brian bleeding all over their clothes. So you definitely don't get to be mean to them right now. I was not mean to Gideon. Why you as our local Feywild expert who studied for 20 years, I don't know, being useful. I was useful. Yes, finding one thing in a Fey Afflictions text that says that Brian's gonna die is not necessarily being useful. What do you wish me to be, Miss Hollowtide, in this moment? Anything other than what you are right now. And she will leave and slam the door behind her. Well, I will now ask for everyone except for Brian. It's about 9 p.m. How do the hours from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. treat you? A two? That means we're going to start with Gideon. How'd your night go? Rereading the letter over and over again. Just so fucking angry. And really just like obsessing over the details and all of the specifics of the queen sites. Someone close to you gave this knowledge to her. Gideon just wondering, was this Alan? What did they say? Like, obviously they had the conversation, but I think there's just this deep betrayal that is just building up in Gideon. This just like anger, even more from like when they left off and the queen was incredibly rude to them. Funny you should say that. Let's add a condition then, shall we? Take the condition angry. That's going to bring disadvantage to your dexterity-based roles. Now, the destructive actions for the conditions we've talked about so far, frightened is to run away and leave something important behind, and angry is to break something important to you or to someone you care about. With that additional condition, how does the rest of your night go? Angry and then studying. Just more studying because being proactive distracts from the anger. I think Gideon is just like locked in their room making like red string board of like ideas of like note cards of like terms, any information. Sounds good. Are you studying with Fey afflictions? Yeah. So go ahead and give me a, an intelligence roll. 8 to 15, we're going to just mark it 2. 15 to 19, we're going to mark it Three, 20 plus, we're going to mark it four. What's in that 20? Oh, shit. So we're actually going to move the Fey Afflictions clock up with a natural 20. We're going to move it up five. Gideon, add a one to medicine. Let's go to Winona next. Winona, do you wake from Current's bed or do you just sleep in Current's bed uh, the whole night? No, I, I eventually wake up. Okay, so you wake up at around 10 p.m. And my my first instinct is I know that Adriel told us not to look out the window. But after seeing what I saw earlier, that is my first anxious move to just, like, make sure that nothing is coming at the ship again. So I'm kind of just standing at the window, staring at it, trying to see if I can figure anything out. Yeah, you kind of, like, pry it open just a little bit. You're, like, peeking mm-hmm. through. You can actually see that the storm has kind of gotten back to, like, normal storm mode. The lightning's not pink anymore. The rain doesn't seem like it's attacking you, which is cool. Honestly, 
the rain against the windows could be soothing. I feel like uh, Current and I have trauma bonded. I think I'm just going to hang out. Current, I'm going to just tag you in at the same point here. Are you just kind of like standing over Winona when she wakes? Current's going to kind of tap shoulder, trying not to frighten Winona more and just be like, hey, you know, you, you don't have to leave. I mean, that was a lot. If if you, if you want to leave, you can, but I mean, you're welcome to stay. We can get some food. We could, it was a lot. I've been better. I've definitely been better. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's been a while. Are Brian and everybody else okay? Have you heard from anyone? I haven't. I kind of want to check on my friend, but I also, I know it's getting late and we just went through a lot. So I don't know. We can do that. We can, we can go find everybody before we do. I just, I want to prepare you. Brian was hurt. When 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 you say hurt, Brian 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 can handle a lot. When you when you say Brian was hurt, the medics are doing everything they can. What do you, but she's not awake right now. You, I'm so sorry, Winona. We're doing everything we can. Look, if we can we can meet up with everybody. I know that Adriel and and Gideon. Everybody is looking for a way to fix this. We can fix this. So so wait, what the fuck happened? Did that thing swipe at her? Did she fall? Like, I was told it didn't touch her at all. She's not awake. No. And I, I didn't see what happened. Adriel came in and and said that, that they, had, they had taken Brian to the medic. And that's all I know. I'm so sorry. That's all I know. It, it is way... Is way too soon. We, we we literally just got here. She's not gonna die. <laughs> she can't die. <laughs> Nobody's dying. Nobody's gonna die. Mm. Do you remember? Nobody's gonna die. You you saw the thing, right? Yes. You saw the thing outside, right? She better fucking live. Because <laughs> I'm not. Nobody's gonna die, Winona. We're all. Nobody's going home without our best friends. Okay. We're gonna do everything we can. You're you're awfully you're you you're awfully confident. Nobody's losing their best friend. Can I can I at least see her? I I don't know what to do now. If you want, we can go see. We can go see how they're doing. I'm sure that that they can give us an update, and then maybe we can. We can go see if Gideon or, or Adriel have found anything else. I know they were looking at books that Gideon's parents had from the wild. Maybe they, they could have already found something. We've been in here for a long time, Winona. I'm going to believe it when I see it. So somebody better bring Brian back alive. I don't know what I'm going to do without her. I need a distraction. You want to get some food? It's It's been a while. Let's eat something. And then we'll we'll see what the others are doing. If, if, they're, still, if they're still awake. Okay. But let's get some food first, one step at a time. It's going to be okay. Back to the dead of night on the Copper Vale, sailing towards Terra Pine, Brian's hometown. Winona, Current, you've just eaten some, like, flatbread pizza in the kitchen. But I think, Brian, we start with you. The first things you feel are darkness and anger. Those are things you can feel without opening your eyes. And so is pain. Do you think it's worse than the first time? You woke up a month after the first time. This is three hours. Yeah, it's a lot worse. Brian wakes up screaming. Gideon, you are by the equipment when you hear Brian's scream come from Gemma's room. So I've already gone down to the equipment area? Yes, you've finished your business in the equipment area. But I'm just telling you that's where you are when you you heard it. I'm coming back now to uh, Brian, but let me know if you're trying to visit them in the night. 
Yeah, if I hear Brian scream, then yeah. If okay. I'm already done with what I did, then yes. <laughs> okay. You actually kind of like run into Current and Winona, who were just coming like back. So you all like run into each other at the same time and hear the screen at the same time. Is that is that Brian? I, I think so. Should we go? Yes. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. And they rush off to go find Brian. All right. Brian. You scream. You you come to screaming. You are lying on your front. You are in a big, comfortable bed, more comfortable than you've ever been on. You feel like the weight of the bed, like shifting as someone is moving around. And then you feel a close but familiar warmth as you feel Pirate Captain Gemma Vario straddle your back. Not so she's resting on you, but so that she's like hovering above it. And you hear like a soft sound of a lukewarm rag in a basin. Brian's instinct is going to be to try to arch to get away because she's going to think she's being attacked and it's going to hurt worse. She tries to do that and then she like screams again and like falls back down. Yeah, you try to do that. You feel a very firm hand on the base of your lower back and then like a very like not even very nice hand like push your head back into the bed. Easy now, soldier. This is the part where I take care of you, right? Brian starts babbling. It's all right. It's all right. Brian, we're all right. Gemma, Gemma, what What the fuck? What? Why? I know. I know. Why does it hurt like that? What? What is happening? I know. It's going to hurt for a while, sweetheart. Okay? No, 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 no. We can't do this. We're not. This isn't. It's not supposed to be like this, Gemma. I can't. What happened? Brian, pain isn't forever. Say that for me right now. You don't know. You don't know. You weren't there. Friday was there. It took months, You You don't know. Gemma press her thumb down very close to this wound. You hear her say, Brian, we're not getting worked up now, darling. We're not. And you hear her kind of like, it's it's almost like a warm enveloping, right? She kind of like brings her down. She's almost like curled on top of you. Her hair kind of spills over you. You can like feel her like tiefling horn like brush up against the back of your skull as she kind of leans close. And in in a moment of offered levity, she says to you, right, dear, I was hoping to pull the ropes out of my bags under a bit more of a fun circumstance. Please don't make it this one. Don't try me up, Gemma. That's not going to fix the problem. You're right. Pretty, pretty bad problem, right? What happened? I don't know. One of my best crew decided to go out to the deck in a rainstorm. The pressure on your back gets a little bit tough as she's washing away this wound. Brian, like, grits her teeth and just kind of, like, groans. And she says, that fucking bastard, I'm going to kill him if I ever find him, I swear to God. I'm going to put his fucking head on a spike and I'm going to set it right outside the goddamn castle walls. I will kill all of them, Gemma. I don't care. Fuck. Fuck, what are you doing? Uh, I'm washing your wound off and you're getting so angry you're squirming. What do you want me to do, Brian? Set you loose? We don't have cannons like that ship does. What ship, Gemma? What the fuck oh, are you talking about? Oh, I don't even want about? to fucking talk about it. I'll tell you that much. She keeps like washing away at you. And she says, listen, this one's pretty nasty, right? It's going to be some tricky business fixing this one. Gemma. Right, yes. I think you're probably trying to help me right now, but I really need you to stop fucking touching me because I'm in so much pain, I feel like I'm going to pass out again. Darling, I would not be surprised if you passed out several times in the next few hours. However, I do have to keep doing this. She kind of like pauses for a moment. She says, honestly, don't know how else to phrase it. It's leaking magic and I hate it. Leaking magic? What the fuck? 
fuck does that mean? Gemma, what? Gemma, what was that thing? What happened? And it is at this point that Current, Winona, and Gideon all arrive at Gemma's door. Do you knock? Do you stroll right in? I start pounding on the door. You start pounding on the door, Brian. You hear this, and it's hard not to jump a little bit. You hear a uh, panic She knocking. probably tries to twist again because she still thinks she's being attacked. And an even harder press from Gemma, but she also uses it to, like, help her, like, kind of, like, sit up. And she turns her head to the back, and she says, Which one of you Perthenians is knocking on my door like that. It's Winona, and I would like to know if Brian's okay. Brian starts babbling again. Brian hears Gemma mutter something very unkind under her breath, and then like effortlessly kind of roll and get out of the bed. Once she's free from Gemma's weight, even just up to like that little bit of weight, she like sinks as far down as she possibly can, and then she like curls her arms down around the cot and starts like clawing at the bottom of it with her nails, just trying to get any sensation in any part of her body that's not her back right now. Mm -hmm. So you see Gemma comes over and just like opens the door, but she doesn't even look at you. So she just kind of gives it like a casual open and then like keeps going and doing what she's doing. She walks over to the single like bag that she brought on and you see her sit it down, open it, reach into a very specific bottle, pull out a flask and go back to Brine. Gideon, current Winona, what does it look like as the three of you are let in? Gideon goes and tries to take one of Brine's hands and it's just trying to like kneel next to them on the bed. Before you can say anything, Brian slaps your hand away and she's muttering over and over like, I'm gonna fucking kill him. I'm gonna put his head on a goddamn spike. And that's in between like intense like hissing inhales of breath. Like she's like panting. Gideon, you watch your hand get slapped away and like Gemma's presence quickly replace it as she basically shoves this flask into Brian's hands. And you see Gemma looks down at you, Brian, and says, all right, babe, stop making this about you. Drink up. And then she turns to go back to the basin. I don't think Brian can even twist to drink this. I think when she tries, she like cries out again and then like flops back on her stomach for a third or fourth time. And she probably drops the flask. Honestly, I don't think her hands are strong enough to hold it right now. Gideon, please roll dexterity saving throw to catch that. And then I think also Gideon kind of looks to Winona in a confused like Head tilt goes him. I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out who's him too. I don't know who. You super drop the flask. Gemma gives you the most scathing look, Gideon. She looks up and she says, "That was 900 years old." Well, you shouldn't have handed it to someone. She doesn't even respond. Like you saying that does not absolve you of any of the blame in in her eyes. She gives you like the most just like okay. Winona and Current, what are you up to? I'm kind of standing there in shock and I, I see that there's a whole situation happening and I like I notice a scar and I don't want to move but I also want to see if Brian's like okay so I kind of and but I but I know that she isn't mm-hmm. clearly so I don't really know what to do and I'm just kind of standing there in shock and I and I kind of asked Gemma I'm like is is this going to take a while to heal like what what what's happening Oh, me? Are we asking me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yes. Yes, this is colossal magic, what that is. Nasty piece of work. Very hard for mortals to sort out. Brian's a tough one. It'll be fine. Brian is openly sobbing into the bed now. And Gemma does not look concerned about it at all. She doesn't look fine. Well, I mean, would you be fine? Colossal ripped your back wide open. Brian hears that. The fuck is a colossal? What the fuck is that? What is that? Gemma looks at Gideon and says, can you do something? Uh, uh, yeah. And Gideon goes to sort of like 
hold Brian down in a firm but vaguely like comforting way to just sort of like push her further down on the bed so she stops writhing. Gideon kind of gets close to Brian's ear and says quietly, but still so that like Winona and Current can hear. Who's he? Did this, is this an old scar? I never, you never told me about this one. Brian like hunches her shoulders up and says, don't fucking touch me, Gideon. Don't fucking touch me right now. Gideon pulls back. Brian, are you making this harder than you needs to be? Gemma, I swear to fucking God, I'll kill you too. I'll put your head on a spike, I swear to God. Brian, I've had better pirates who have complained less and I've kicked them off for being crybabies. Get it together. Gemma, you just told me I'm leaking magic. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh my God. You did this. You were on the deck in the rain. I think Brian once again tries to like arch and twist and I think the pain is so severe that time that she knocks herself out a second time. <sighs> my god drama queen all right probably be a bit bit of that for the next uh, 12 hours can I do anything for you three yeah you good are we good no is there something that we can do Brian has a scar it's a about a year and a half old now-ish, if my math is right. And it starts like at the upper curve of her right shoulder. She's a halfling, remember that. So it starts at the upper curve of her right shoulder, goes down her back and over and ends right above her left hip. The edges right now look as if they have been torn apart by something serrated. And the sides are like glowing, this like very, very dark purple, almost like a smoky color, I think. And the magic that's leaking from it, it has like a like a foggy, like it looks like fog as it's like kind of pouring from her back. It's almost like somebody stuck dry ice and then poured water over it. And I think, Brian, you heard that like when Gemma was like wiping off this like magic and like pulling it from the wound, like gently as she like rubbed away at it, you almost heard like a hissing sound as like the magic was being put out each time she sort of like seeped it away. And then I think all around the cut, you can still you can see like there's there it's she's still bleeding, I think, a little bit. And so there's like dried blood and like splotches of blood, like kind of like around the cut from where people have been trying to like clean her up and like heal this. Um, and I think any attempts at healing it have not been successful. So that's what the three of you are looking at as Gemma just kind of like goes back to like cleaning up the spilled flask on the ground. Gideon looks over to current. And Winona and kind of just nods their head and goes, I um, I found some stuff in some journals about how to uh, flux magic, the magic wounds. I found something. It's not concrete, but it's a lead. Gives us some insight into what this is. I can I can show you what I found if, if you'd like. Yeah. Is there anything that we can do like right now? No. Uh, and then like Gideon sort of like fills them in on like everything, like the worst trait being brought out. It commonly, I think they don't mention the death thing and they relay all of that to them and Gemma. Holy shit. Yeah. Had this happened to a guy named, uh, oh fuck, what was his name? Jet, Jet, Jet? Was it Jet? Flick folks' name was Jet. I uh, had this happen to him once. Interesting though, started with his teeth. They all turned black, rotted, fell out, and then, like, his body rotted from, like, the mouth out. <laughs> says this with, like, the most nonchalance in the world. Is that what's going to happen to Brian? Uh, probably not. Absolutely not. We are not letting that happen. How would we even stop something like that from fucking happening? Yeah, it was a lot of purpose from someone who's never left Curthis before. You got any big ideas, Bright One? You mentioned something about somebody who who they traded, they traded a ship that was... The flux people? 
<laughs> yeah, some some flux folk, they'll make deals with fretsmen or just other wild citizens, members of the wilds, congregation, you know, all that kind of stuff. Promises here in the wilds, deals, things like that. Quite tricky. If any of you heard about things like that. All right, kids. No. Well, since we're heading into the wild tomorrow, here's the thing you need to know. The first thing, the only thing. Never make a promise in three. That makes it magically binding. So so don't make three promises in a row? Don't make a promise three times, Winona. That's what it is. Deals with flux folk. They can get you by. They can also kill you faster than anything else here. If we need to, we'll navigate around making a deal like that to keep Brian alive. I have no interest in, honestly, a cat phrased any nicer, babysitting all of you, and Brian seemed to be doing a pretty good job of that. So, vital role as far as I'm concerned. God knows Luso doesn't want anything to do with a lot of you. So, gonna let her heal up, see where we're at. When we get to our terrapine, make deals with who we need to, right? Okay. All right. Okay. I'll do some reading on deals with Faith Folk and see if that gets us anywhere. Uh, we, uh, Gideon, we'll be fine. I mean, we've got what? Have you looked at the stores yet? 300,000 gold on the ship or something? We can make something happen. It'll just make us, if we have to fork over a lot of money to get Brian fixed, we're going to get a reputation of roaming around the wilds, getting hurt a lot and throwing a lot of money at it to fix it. Not great. No, but it's Brian, so. You're right. It's Brian. Is there a problem with that? Do you have a problem with me, Winona? No, I just I just don't like your attitude right now with my best friend near death uh, right there. Um, I feel like we could be just a little bit, a little bit more, I don't know, like understanding. I know that this is your thing and that you sail the seas and you do the, I'm just not, I'm just not used to, I don't know. Winona, mm. one, you get one. You can question my authority and my presence once in front of me, and I let it slide. It's that second time where it becomes an issue. Heard? Heard. Anything else, Current? No, loud and clear. I think as this is happening... I think Brian's heard all of this, by the way. And I think Brian's breathing is starting to pick up a little bit, and she's starting to, like, not whimper, like this, like, low, kind of horrible, like, shaking, painful moaning sound. And with that, Gemma looks at the three of you and says, I should get back to this. Anything else? Winona just turns around and walks out without saying anything. Gemma, standing in her full authority, looks at the two of you who remain in her room. No, ma'am. Do you need anything? I might ask for a few things to keep her up during the night. We'll see. Let me know. By the way, you two, I don't do this for fun. I do this to keep us all alive. Heard? Understood. Yeah. Right then. Get the fuck out of my room. Gideon leaves. Adriel, what are you up to? That's a good question. Adriel was going to check on Brian, but everyone else already did that. So I don't think Adriel's going to also do that. I think Adriel's like, "Mm, you know, you know what I don't feel like doing right now? Fighting with Gemma. That's what I don't feel like doing right now. You'd lose, so. I would definitely lose. I think Adriel really quickly goes to the kitchens, makes Gideon like something for them to eat and like leaves it outside of Gideon's room, like on like a table, knocks very gently and then goes to where like all the provisions are with all the books and stuff. Yeah, you head over to uh, sort of the equipment section. Uh, go ahead and make a perception roll as you kind of get in on it. Get on in here. I'm gonna use a luck point. Okay. That's worse. All right. <laughs> what is it? It's a, it's a seven. Okay. You're over here in the equipment section. What are you doing while you're here? I think she's just like looking for the books and then I think she wants to do star divination, mm-hmm. but it's still raining. 
So I think she kind of just like... You can actually go over to the... You know that there are some magical telescopes that'll actually let you look past the clouds and into the Mm -hmm. night sky. If you'd like to head over to the telescope and make an arcana check, you can check to see if it's this kind of telescope. 13. A 13. You head over and you are trying to get a feel for this. This is after, of course, discovering that all the books are already gone. They're in someone's room. What is kind of left over here is the telescope and you're looking it over and you're tracing over like the inscription on the telescope on this gold telescope itself, this this metal to see if you can find any of like the common runes that would denote what kind of magic is instilled in this telescope. And Mm -hmm. it catches your attention. The front lens of this telescope has been forcefully shattered with purpose and it is broken in its entirety. I think Adriel, her heart sinks and she, because it's no longer usable, she will like take like a like a tool or something mm-hmm. and pop off the little tiny ring, mm-hmm. take off her Arcanon necklace mm-hmm. and Jimmy rig it so that it's a part of that astrolabe. Interesting. Okay, cool. So go ahead and give me a sleight of hand check to do that, to sort of uh, bring these two things together. And then if you would like to do an investigation check at this point to try and get a feel for mm-hmm. what has transpired here, you can as well. 19 to put the thing on the necklace. It looks beautiful, like it's made this way. Good investigation. Mm-hmm. Not better. A nine. What is up with your rolls tonight, sweet friend? I don't know. You are looking at this glass and you're like touching it. And then there's like this, this telescope is like very, very cold, much colder than you would expect it to be here in this room right now. And also there's water on it. It's wet. So water is it blood? It's water. Can I put two and two together? What do you wish to put together at this point? No, I'm just going to hold on to it. I don't think she would. I don't think she would. I think she would just okay. not know. And Gideon? Although she does know that the only person that came by here was Gideon to get the books. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that she does put that together and we'll take the telescope to Gideon's room. And with that, Gideon, you may clear your condition. Yay. Adriel goes and knocks on Gideon's door. Gideon opens the door, eyes puffy and red. Adriel also, eyes a little puffy, is just kind of like sighs and her shoulders kind of fall and just decides that she doesn't, she like pressing it is not even, probably not important. I'm sorry, I, I should go. Um, no, no. What's um? What's up? Sorry, I'm just I'm tired. What's up? Why, why, why are your eyes red? Why are you crying? <sighs> we just saw Brian, and she's just—I've just never seen her like that. It was freaky, and uh, just having a, a bad night. Why are you? Are you okay? You seem more upset than you were earlier. It's not important. It's not important. Um, of course it's important. She sets the telescope down. <laughs> not important is this adriel saying like i know is that what that it's her making a guess because you were in her head you were the only one in the provisions looking for the books i think gideon takes out the letter they found in alan's journal and just wordlessly hands it to adriel adriel will read it and just gets angrier and angrier with every paragraph let me read the beginning for you again This is a message from the queen of your country to Gideon's godparent. The beginning of it writes, Blessed Hierophant, I write seeking your counsel in due admiration and humble confidence on the issue of Curthus's future. And that is the beginning. And it is a letter basically instructing Alan to procure your separation. Adriel will take a breath, a single tear rolling down her cheek. just go well that conversation makes a lot of sense now yeah yeah it does 
And um, Gideon, like, also walks over and f- shows Adriel that the picture of Alan is broken. And they kind of, like, hang their head and they go, I'm sorry. I know it was childish. I just got so angry. No, it's not. I shouldn't. I'm, I'm sorry. I. It's just not fair. There are other telescopes, Gideon. It's fine. No, but that one was for you. That's why I did it. It's because it's... Because everything is for me, Gideon, and that's not fair. You're a talented sorcerer. You're intelligent and smart and daring, and a lot of the times, everything that I wish I could be, you are one of the bravest people that I know. And everyone walking all over you and treating you like garbage makes me want to lose my mind. Because it's not fair. Because they don't know you. They don't know you the way that I know you. They don't know you the way that Current knows you. And it's just not fucking fair. And she rips off her necklace and throws it out the wall. No, but everything you get, you deserve. I mean, that's the worst part of the letter is that she's right. She's right. No, she's not, Gideon. I, I am the chosen. I am an Asimar who got born into nobility. I am someone who get special treatment because of the way that I was born and it's not fair. It's not fair. And you get treated like garbage for no fucking reason. No, it's not for no reason. Alan Alan wouldn't have listened if it were for no reason. That's the worst part. That's the worst part is that she makes a lot of good points and I can't I I, I can't convince myself she's wrong anymore. I that's why I agreed to but it when she it first is happened. wrong. She's wrong, Gideon She's wrong. And Adra will like whip around and like slam the door behind her so that like this is not echoing out into the hallway. Gideon Osmond, she's wrong. You are not going to sit there and tell me that she's correct. That's not what we're doing right now. It's not what we're fucking doing right now. I didn't leave because Alan told me to leave. I left because Alan said that you would not be able to compete to be a court mage. That's why I left. And if you think for a day that I ever fucking stopped loving you you're also wrong about that and she's like shaking and like is like trying not to cry and is like having a very hard time and there's this and she like pauses after that i think gideon walks over to adriel and gives her a huge hug and kisses the top of her head puts their finger under adriel's chin and tilts her head up and sort of looks for permission in adriel's eyes for a kiss Adriel kisses Gideon and starts sobbing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Starts fucking crying. Yeah, they're yeah they're making out. Y'all making out? Yeah, we're making out now. Yeah, we're making out now while she's crying. <laughs> this desperate kissing happening in between tear stains and like honestly like dried blood underneath fingertails. It is this desperate breathing each other in pinned up against the raining like the raining window as like the the spilling rain kind of like frames your portraits. I think is kind of what I'm I'm visualizing. I now have a question for all five of you. What does the next 32 hours before you land look like? I think I drill spends the next 32 hours reading as much as she possibly can from the Flux Bulk book and also the Botany book. Okay, go ahead and give me an intelligence roll. What are my rolls today? A seven. I'll let you move one up one. Which would you like to move? The the Flux Bulk one. Okay, you move Flux Bulk Anthropology 
up one. You start the read. It's a pretty terrifying one. Not going to lie. Did the necklace ever make it back around your neck? Adrielle. I think she picked it up, but I don't think she's wearing it currently. I get it. Currently. Uh, Current, what did you do for the next 32 hours? I think Current's going to spend some time checking to make sure that their friends are doing okay. And when Current checks in on Adriel and Gideon, um, on a scale of one to yes, how obvious is it that you two have done this back together again? Uh, 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 Sort of make out. There's like a giant hickey on Adriel's neck. Ah! Yeah, I was just going to say, there's a giant, ginormous hickey on like in like in between Adriel's shoulder and neck. And I'm assuming I, I can see this, right? Oh, oh yeah, you absolutely. Like she's trying to hide it's, it with her hair, but like it's 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 pretty clear. Chris, she's going to look back at both owning. of you. Just back and forth. And then just smile. So uh, everything everything good in here? Uh yeah, everything's fine. Um I want tea. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go do that. Uh yeah. Sounds good. Tea's great. Okay. Yeah, tea's tea's cool. Gideon's <laughs> just like <laughs> nothing behind their eyes. Just kind of like how are you how are you holding up current? Are you I'm doing good. I uh I think I'm gonna probably look at look at some of the books that we have. Um I was thinking maybe there's something about about the uh the the botany there that maybe, maybe there's something that can help that we can find when we touch down yeah uh and Gideon starts like shuffling through the books to try and find one that would like correspond to that to give to current like clearly nervous yeah so current what book do you end up reading the wild's botany mm-hmm. yeah go ahead go ahead and give me an intelligence roll as you read it as you start studying uh the various flora and fauna that are found um, in the Feywild below. A 16. Cool. So that's going to be three. So three little chunks. Go ahead and add one to your nature checks. You learn during this time of a very specific plant. And I'm going to tell you about this plant because now you know to look out for it. This plant that you find is called the Maiden Mirror Mushroom. It is found in various thickets uh, throughout the wilds, and they're very common. One of the simple but deadly beauties of the wilds, Maiden Mirror Mushrooms are rare fungi that exist in patches amongst overgrown thickets. If a creature looks into one of these enchanting mirror-like surfaces, they will be transported into a pocket dimension held within each reflective surface. Maiden Mirror Mushrooms, or Maiden Mushrooms, are popular amongst the flux folk because they're considered a delicacy, raw, or baked into other delights. And there's a quote underneath it. And it says, the tastiest, fleshiest, spore-bearing fruits in the kingdom are as complex as their prisoners. Cor Mose Irith, head chef of Euphoria and Mirage City. That's what you learned today. Yay, I'm excited. I But I just hold on to that information until... Yeah, you just have it now. And I'll read you more. Current, do you do anything else in these 32 hours? I think I'll also probably spend time in my my room just because current's room is right next to it's like touching Gemma's room Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and listening to see if I can hear anything or you know just kind of making sure if I can still hear Brian then I know Brian's alive 
Right. Interesting. We're going to hold on to that. Winona, what do you do? I am currently trying to avoid Gemma at all costs because I can't. She does the thing where she makes you avoid her. She's not going to alter her shit at all. Oh, I know. Yeah. I don't care. I don't want to be near her. And so I end up spending some time in my room and I am curious about like now like everything that's like it feels extremely real not that it wasn't real before but between like the colossal and passing out from exhaustion and brian being so hurt that i can't spend time with her i do want to do some reading also to kind of like wrap my head around like why we're even here in the first place so the book that kind of like draws me in is like a history of curtis's encounters Absolutely. Go ahead and give me an intelligence roll. Two. So tell me why this do so bad. Because I'm really stressed out and I can't retain information right now. So I'm trying my best to read, but it's kind of like I'm reading the same sentence over and over <laughs> again. Like, and... I'm from the weeds. I don't fucking read. <laughs> <laughs> I go see plays. I don't read. Right. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like rereading the same page over and over and I haven't retained a thing. Okay, I love that. I love I love the thought of you at a table with like Gideon and Adriel and Current, and they're like studying like they used to study as castle kids, right? And they're so like enveloped and they're into it. And you're like also there trying to be cool <laughs> and like also look studious. Now we head over to Gideon. You're the last one who's conscious. Gideon, what are you up to? If Brian's like awake, can I go? visit her again like I feel yes if you if visiting Brian is on your menu sure if there's anything else let me know yes I'd like to order one Brian on my menu please what else we're out of Brian what else do you want <laughs> I'll give you a Brian scene I'll tie it in with how I handle Brian's 32 hours but are you doing anything else no I think Gideon and Adriel make out then they spoon for like a full hour Gideon is the big spoon and then they, like, go back to studying, have their moment with Kerr, and then they're studying with Winona. I think Gideon briefly, like, bakes something for everyone while they're studying. Oh, cute. I have a question. Do you two discuss it at all? Or do we just not talk about it? I think Gideon's scared to talk about it. I think Adriel doesn't want to, like, push it. I think that Adriel, like, gives space for it. But if Gideon doesn't, like, take it, then Adriel's just not going to push them on it. Yeah, I think... Forgetting it's like this like beautiful thing that just happened and they're worried if they do more they're gonna like fuck it up somehow but there's still like an energy between them like while Gideon's baking they're like smiling at Adriel a lot there's a lot of warmth there but they're scared to like break the spell of how good that just was for them for sure for sure Gideon makes little like apple strudel which they normally don't do for people I think this may be the first time Current has seen Gideon bake they have eaten Gideon's baking before all right Brian aside, anything else before we touch down? Adri, I'd like to visit your morning conversation with Lusso uh, the morning after the incident. Uh, what time do you arrive for Lusso's breakfast meeting with you? Early. So do you I don't skip think... it? No, I don't think oh, I skip okay. it. I, I think I think Adri like pries herself out of bed, gives Gideon like a quick kiss and then kisses her on the forehead and just says, I'll be back after my meeting looks in the mirror on her way out, notices this giant hickey, even though she told Gideon to not put it there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Great. Thanks, uh, Gideon. And Uh, uh, we'll, like, try to cover it with her hair. Thanks a lot, Gideon. (laughs) You show up, and you can... Lusso has, uh, like, drawn 
like these like uh, on these two pages, these two informational pages about Terrapine. <laughs> there, these two pages are just sitting on the center of the table when you come and sit down. Lucio doesn't have any food in front of him. You sit down and he sort of like gestures at the papers that are in the middle and says, tell me if you have questions. So uh, Sam, how about you go ahead and describe this map everyone's looking at? So this is basically a giant tortoise statue that is sort of wrapped around, like the inside is carved out um, to create a city that's like, very split level like it's very kind of like up and down um and on sort of like the outside there's like an entry gate and there's some like mercenary outposts and then on the inside you can see all these little clusters um you can um the biggest thing to know about terrapine and this is what you uh is sort of explained to adriel on the right side of this map um you can see there's something called the terrapine tourism terrace and the terrapine embassies and what luso explains to you in the most boring deadpan on earth is that until you have approval from the five guilds of terrapine you are not allowed past the guild checkpoint. So you are only allowed to the embassies, the tourism terrace, and the entrance. You have to have approval from every guild in Terrapine to let you in past that. Luso explains to you that that might be something that you need to do dependent on your mission. Now, can I have each of the players go ahead and read one of the guilds for me? The cadavers. I'll read that one. Um, so their sigil is a tortoise shell with swords, and the cadavers are a mercenary guild responsible for the safety of Turpine. They're gritty, lively misfits, honorable, meritocracy, okay, uh, for hire. And their expertise are swords, magic, killing, staying alive, <laughs> and bearing loved ones. I can read uh, Isis Fidelity, who's this, uh, the sigil is the hourglass, uh, named after the first Asimar Isa. The first angel to serve the Apostle ancestors who resorted to a life of chaotically benevolent piracy and seafaring after the sisters left. Expertise, infrastructure, politics, elitism, honor, piety, and money. The honor amongst thieves. I'll read Hawkmongress, Sigil, Hawk, Expertise, Scavs, Economics, Wilds, Lore, Staying Alive, Excursions, Betrayal, Archaeology, adventuring, and bringing wealth to Terrapine. Cutthroats, pickpockets, burglars, assassins. Composed of hyper-competitive teams, the Hawkmongress is full of legends. Selfish things they are. The lovely spirit of Terrapine, said as a blessing and a condemnation. The Ursmo Union. The guild responsible for the nationalization attempt to turn Terrapine into an empire. Full of industrialists and business owners, considers itself a family and expects its members to act as such. Their sigil is a unicorn, and their expertise is enterprise, tech, magic, and nationalism. Okay, so Zubafax, their sigil is the bat. Their expertise is in science, brilliance, agriculture, knowledge, innovation, peace, essences, flux folk relations, medicine, and alchemy. The brilliance among the dark. And this is what you learn, Adriel, as you sit here at breakfast. Adriel has, like, her own, like, notebook and is, like, taking notes, made, like, a chart of her own. Yeah, and I think you, I think Luso notices you do that and says, keep those and like offers you the papers. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, I don't really have any questions at the moment. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to discuss with me? Okay. Well, thank you. Um, and she'll leave because he doesn't have anything to say to her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Lusso just like watches you go. Same knife uh, in his hands. So, Brine, your 32 hours. Much to her benefit, Gemma is there almost every time you wake up. There to like soothe you and bring you back down. And although it is uh, terse at times, you can tell it's her way of keeping you alive. I think there is a bit of it that like, you know that a captain could never show hysteria about a situation like this, ever. That's not how people stay alive. And so I think like Brine is much more understanding of how Gemma's treating the people on this ship. I'm also really mad that she keeps touching me though because it fucking hurts. Yeah, and each time you complain about it, she flicks you in the back of the head. She says, sorry, did I walk you to the dock? Gemma, I swear to God. I think that like Gideon has kind of like planned this out because I think Gideon's a little trickster. I think Gideon notices that Lusso and Gemma kind of like disappear to the to the to the uh, to the ship center at like very specific times, right? There's like a midday check in and like an evening check in and like a night night check in, and so I think it's at one of these times that if Gideon, you did want to sneak in when Nurse Gemma wasn't uh, lauding over you, because any of you try to approach while Gemma is taking care of Brian, Gemma all but kicks you out. Gemma is very strict around this situation. And I don't think Brian is with it enough to ask for her to let people stay. You wake up during one of these times, Brian, and it's, it's here close to the end. And I think Gemma is straddling you, doing the same thing on your back, right? Just pulling this magic away from this wound as it leaks out out and she kind of like sees you waking and she says right love 12 hours time and we should be back to terrapine i think brian like takes a second to process that and then says how are we two hours from terrapine 12 hours use your ears but yeah uh should be there soon (sighs) we should be there soon because you've been sleeping the whole trip Love, uh, right then, letting a body heal, not a bad thing. It doesn't feel like I'm healing, Gemma. Well, maybe if you spent less time complaining, more time healing, you'd be a bit further along, wouldn't you? That's not how this works, and I think you know that. This isn't... This and isn't she does. Normal. Like, she does know that. Like, she's still giving you just a, the, a hard fucking time. Because I think, like, also, like, every moment you are wildly annoyed by her is a moment you're not in pain. But she also doesn't do uh, pity at all for right. anyone. So, so she just she she just keeps like seep like diligently seeping away at the wounds at your back, and she says, "You've been there, right, on your travels? Think I meant think you mentioned something about it? I was born there." Huh. And you, you, there's kind of like a long pause, and you can't see her, but she continues to. Should have guessed. Got a bit of a terrapine face. Haven't been back in a while. Any enemies who have been waiting? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, at least there's that. All I'm saying is that if we're in Terrapine, we see a tiefling with gold horns. We have to leave Terrapine. What have you been doing in Terrapine with tieflings? I had a, I had a job in Terrapine last year. It didn't go like the best. So I think we what should be that, good. Gemma, what does that but mean? But I'm just saying, you do? tiefling with gold horns, oh leave. Oh my god, Gemma. You're exhausting. Okay. Uh, oh, shit. Speaking of exhausting, I've got to go do my check-in. Uh, just make sure, you know, ship sailing, all that stuff. You good for a few minutes? Yeah. That's, nothing's changing. I'll be here. All right. Please don't get magic on my bed while I'm gone. 
Fuck off. Gemma gives you like a like a kiss on the back of your head and then gets up off your back and you hear her leave. Gideon, how long were you waiting and how long does it take for you to sneak in? Uh, I think Gideon was waiting for a while and pretty much as soon as uh, they know Gemma's gone, they slide into the room. Back so soon? Damn, that was a fast check-in. Uh, hey, it's me. You can't, it's Gideon. I know what you sound like, Gideon. I... Gemma's going to be back any minute. I know that she gets mad at y'all when you come in here. What are you doing? I wanted to see you. Are you, I mean, you're more lucid now. And Gideon pulls up a chair. More lucid. That's all right. I guess I don't feel more lucid. Apparently it's been two days I've been out. Two days? Yeah. What the fuck happened, Gideon? And she's going to like turn her head and rest her cheek against the cot so she can look at you with her one eye. Gideon just kind of shakes her head and goes, I, we were talking and then there was a colossal and it looked at you. A colossal? You don't remember seeing it? I, I thought that was what it was, but it was, okay, and what, it hit me and I went down? Like It, it, it just, it looked at you. It, I, I, I will never forget something like that. You just screamed and fell down. It was terrifying. I, I'm sorry. I can't imagine how much it must hurt. I mean, it did. Can I roll a history check to see if Brian would be able to put two and two together that this is a fey wound? Like the original wound was a fey wound? Oh. Go ahead and roll an arcana check. A 16? A 16. Yeah. I think that you know enough about just like flux tales and like uh, just your time sort of you know, learning kind of like the weird rules that the wilds exists, you would know that fretsmen would always like make jokes towards people who had fey wounds before. They'd say, oh, once you're mocked, you're mocked for life. This is probably the reason why. Okay. So I think Brian kind of like stares at you for a second, Gideon, and then closes her good eye and takes a deep breath and it's like that kind of like shuddering breath of like it hurts but she like needs to do it anyway and she opens her eye again and she looks at you and she says that fucking piece of shit brought fucking Faye into Curthus. that's why I didn't fucking know holy shit holy shit uh, catch me up here I I only knew about your two scars the the cat the cat one and the cousin one those are the only two you Jesus. told me about yeah Jesus Fucking Christ. I, do you remember, like, uh, a few months after we met, I missed a couple of polka nights? Yeah. I was freaked out. I thought you died or got sick of me. Both uh, the worst thing no, in my mind. No, I, I didn't get sick of you, you dummy. I, Gideon, I almost died. I was, I was had by a target. He was, he was meeting, oh, God. Oh, my God. It was Faye. He brought fucking Faye into Curthis. And she's, like, visibly distressed. She actually probably tries to bring a hand up to, like, touch her head. And then, like, it hurts. And so she, like, twitches and her arm kind of, like, falls back down beside the bed. And so she pauses and she takes another breath. She says, it was a job. It was a job. And I fucked up. And I thought this whole time that it was me. But it wasn't. I don't, I couldn't have known. I don't have magic, Gideon. I can't track Faye. Holy shit. Okay, well, well, I do. So I'll... I'll help you. I'll help you find who did this, and I'll kick no, it back. No, and I know who did on. it. Jesus Christ! It was a fucking noble. I was supposed to. Oh my God! He was meeting a, an offshoreman, somebody from outside of Curthis. I didn't know it was somebody from the goddamn wilds. I thought it was somebody from from a uh, Terrapine. At worst, I uh, 
I was supposed to take out this noble piece of shit and his source and collect whatever it was that they were trading and hand it off to my client and be done. And I tracked that man all day and he never did anything that made me think that this could have happened. And then I got to the docks and there was another person there, Gideon, came out of the dock. I didn't even see him. They knocked me down and cut into me. It's a goddamn fey wound. I'm fucking marked. Oh my god, if I ever find that man, I'm gonna fucking murder him. I'm gonna put his head on a spike and stick it outside the castle. Fey and Curthis. Oh my god. And that's why it opened up again. Because it's... Yeah. But, well, do you know... What's the name? Yeah, I know his name. I haven't fucking forgotten it. It's been almost two years and I never will. His name is Otticus Whitmore. Some fucking prissy piece of shit. Gideon, the glass house you've been trying to keep together shatters into a thousand pieces as Brine speaks the name of Curran's father. Can you say that one more time, that name? Just to make sure I heard it right. Otticus Whitmore, he's elvish, I think. Elvin? I don't even, I don't know. Fuck. I don't know what happened. He he took off. Him and the Fae, too. They must have been Fae. God. Gemma said I was leaking magic. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, your back is... Do you want me to describe it to you? It's kind of gnarly. To be I've honest. seen, I've seen the cut, Gideon. What's what does leaking magic mean? I don't have magic. Purple fog is seeping. Uh, sorry, um, just, are you okay? Yeah, uh, per- I'm just a little lightheaded. I, I uh, haven't slept. Yeah, insight versus deception, please. <laughs> Only a seven, besties. That's not great. <gasps> That's a tie. With a tie, you two are a stand-up. Brine, the bile of wrath burns in your throat. Gideon. Brian. Do you know that noble piece of shit? You grew up in the castle, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, the name's familiar. I have to, I have to think. I, 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 I'm sorry. I need, I need time to think, Brian. What does that mean, time to think? It's because you can't figure out who it is? Yeah, it's, I just need, a, I just need time. Gideon, I, the I, thoughts I need more are time. coursing in your head. How did you fuck up? Did you fuck up by not noticing a corrupt man? living by you for 26 years of your life? Or did you bring an assassin who would kill your best friend's father onto a ship with her? I'd like to use I've seen things you wouldn't believe to try to take a string on Gideon. Can I do that? Let's visit it, shall we? When you roll emotional support, you may share a story of something you have seen or done that you think will help. If you do, they answer this question. Does hearing about my past help you? If they answer yes, you may clear a condition, even on a failed roll. If they answer no, lose a string you have on them or mark a condition. So I guess it would be a condition in this case. So Brian is angry and she can like kind of feel it burning through her in a way that it hasn't. And I think it's a combination of things, but largely just the fact that like she's really beating herself up for like not realizing that it was Faye and like not doing something about that because like that's a big fucking deal. And so she's looking at Gideon and she says... Gideon, I've only been had like that one time before, and I was so fucking green. I was basically grass. You know how I told you that I lost my eye to a cat? Yeah. Somebody shoved it out of my skull, Gideon. You know that warehouse that burned down over in the docks? Maybe eight years ago? Nine? I did that after he fucking ripped my eye out. So if you know anything about this noble piece of shit and you're not telling me, we're going to have a problem. Does hearing about that help you make that decision? Are you threatening to rip my eye out? 
Brian, are you threatening me? I'm not threatening you, Gideon. But if you're keeping something from me, I don't know if I can trust you anymore. And if I can't trust you, what the fuck am I doing on this ship? I don't know, Brian. Yeah. I know something about him, but I don't know if I want to tell you yet. Because I, I, I just can't right now, okay? It's not a never. It's a not right now. I just need time to think. When we get to Tapine, we need to find Yastira Prestine. <sighs> she can heal this, and then we can go from there. Yeah. You should go before Gemma gets back. Yeah, I guess I should, huh? Yeah. Gideon gets up, lingers at the door for a second. I think almost says something, swallows it, and uh, shuts the door. And where does Gideon go? I think Gideon doesn't know right now. And that's why I asked, little fucker, where are you going? You standing by yourself in the hallway? You panicking and going into your room? Where does Gideon go in this moment? Yeah, I think Gideon panics and just locks themselves in their room because they don't know if they should, like, tell Current right now. Like, what does that mean? Current should know, but, like, their dad's... I don't think... Because Current hasn't come to Gideon to talk about how weird their dad's being already. So I think they're just stewing on it for a bit. And then, um, yeah, you know what? They, they go knock on Current's door. Would Current have heard any of this going on? Here's the best part, Bestie. Remember that part 20 minutes ago when you told me I'm listening to Brian's room to see if I can hear anything? Guess what you just heard, Bestie? That entire fucking conversation. Everything. Like every last fucking word. Okay, so then Current's already standing at the door and just opens and is just staring. And there's just hot tears running down Current's face. No words, just hot tears. Oh, are you... What's going on with you? What's your thing? What's... Are you getting like... Ner- oh, sorry. My dad? My dad, Gideon, my dad? Shh, shh. <laughs> like push current into their room and shut the door. Can I roll a perception check to see if Brian hears that? Yep. Uh, 10, so probably not. So how much of that did you, all of it? You heard all of it. Current, I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't know what to do. I can't. I wanted to come talk to you first. I, 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 but before what? Telling someone to go kill your dad, who I've known my whole life, and is your dad? What? I mean, I didn't see him even say bye to you at the docks. What is going on? Uh, and Colonel reach into uh, their bag and take out the note again that um, was given to them and, and show it to Gideon. Gideon, a, 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 a courier came right before we got on the ship and and gave me this and... It's my dad's handwriting, and this is a this is a a deed to our house. Okay, you didn't have any idea he was like this, right? I feel like you know my dad. I mean, he knows where I'm at at all times. He, I, he's the only person that that is texting my syntax from the moment I wake up to the moment we go to sleep. He and he he's missing, and and this too. And I'm going to pull out the piece of the metal slab as well and put it on the bed and and this too it was the note and just this can i roll an arcana check on it please (gasps) everyone's headphones off (laughs) oh molly can i have a history check too i think you're on to something but i want to see a 16 Mm mm-hmm 
And this isn't even the chaos bar. You're holding this. Gideon. Metal, not any thicker than this. Completely, no seam the entire way around. This is as old as time. This isn't fey magic. No, that has a very particular radiance, a very particular aura. This is divine magic. Powerful, powerful divine magic. And you know what this is, Gideon, because your mother was obsessed with it. In the spare moments that you've read in your mother's journals and the time that you've had so far on this trip, there was one thing that always fascinated your mother, and that was the rumor of the Arcanic deck. The deck used by Discord, the god that held a card to represent each of the gods and four cards for each of the houses. Myth has it that there is a very, very real version of the Arcanic deck. And that Arcanic deck has been used to change history many times over. In fact, that's the only thing the Arcanic deck has ever done. The reason that this metal is like this, it is because it is concealing one of the most powerful artifacts in the universe. Do At I, least, that's just your hunch. Am I allowed to relay what I just heard to Current? Or is it just like a thought that Gideon has? It's just a to? passing thought. And what you do with it is up to you. I think Gideon like holds it in their hands and then gives it back to Current. He goes, your dad gave you this? Well, it was, it came with a note. It was the note and this was it there was no explanation about what it was it just implied that that it was something that i needed current i'm really sorry to tell you this but your dad's into some fucked up shit i think when you say fucked up shit gideon what what kind of fucked up shit gideon i don't know exactly what that is but i know it's old as fuck and i don't know how it got onto kurthus i don't know how the weapon he used to hurt brine got onto kurthus I don't think your dad's from Kurthus. Kern, I will respect whatever you want me to do here. This is your family. And and I get that, but I I mean you saw what Brian's back looked like. And apparently that happened a couple years ago and reopened. I don't know what he's doing there, but I don't think it's good. There's no there's, I, no 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 there's an explanation there's gotta be an explanation for this. Why was Brian going after my father? This doesn't make sense. I think Brian was going after someone doing some fucked up shit. I don't know. I, and I, and for him to do this and and under the eye of, of the castle, just, nobody knew? At which point did Current learn that Brian was an assassin and is it this exact moment? I think Current's just going off of what... Okay, I just didn't know because I think there's a certain like, what do you fucking mean your best friend's an assassin? (laughs) That I need to know if like Current has already experienced that or is experiencing it for the first time in this moment. I'm just genuinely curious to know. So, you know, this is definitely the first time as Current is hearing and experiencing any of this because I don't think Current saw anything that would indicate that this is what Brian did when they had their brief meeting. And and your and your friends and a your friends an assassin. I guess so. I, I I knew I knew she was a pirate. I didn't think she was like the assassin of people I loved. Dads, I didn't know that. Okay, I, I I'm sorry. I'm very freaked out, and I've learned a lot over the last forty eight hours that makes me lose faith. And like, so Gideon like pulls out the letter and shows it to Current, and like. Let's them read it quickly. I don't know. 
Maybe, maybe all dads are liars. Maybe that's what I'm learning. Maybe all dads fucking suck and all dads are liars. That's what I don't know. But maybe I'm projecting. <sighs> Current, I'm so sorry. This fucking sucks. And I don't want to hurt you. But I, I, I came in here to tell you everything you overheard because I couldn't, you couldn't not know, right? I have to tell you, your dad has a fairy sword or something. A fairy sword? I don't know. Whatever hurt Brian was fey magic. And your dad disappeared super easily. And whatever he was into, it got the attention of the people Brian works for. That's something. Then I need to talk to Brian. Do you want me to go with you? No. I think for a moment, Current has this thought of like, you know, just that's not a thought or like causing more harm to Brian isn't a thought that's far off in this moment. It's a back and forth kind of thing. Like I, Current wants to go talk to Brian, but also wouldn't, would have like a, a hand on like a, a, a dagger or something just behind their back. Just like, I'm going to talk, but let's go. Okay, so you, uh, a knife at your side, uh, you proceed into the captain's room as Gemma has not yet returned. Brian assumes it's Gemma coming in and she says, how was your meeting? And Kern's gonna, is if is there a, like a spare, a, a chair in the room? Gideon was sitting, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to just walk up, not say anything, grab the chair and kind of swivel it around, you know, to where like the, the back of the chair is on the front and kind of sit down and get us really, really close to Brian's face. My face is in the cot like this, because I think you're Gemma. I'm just going to tell me everything you know about my dad. Brian twists her head sideways to look at you and just stares for a second through her good eye. And then she kind of furrows her brow and she says, Kern, what the fuck do I know about your dad? Where did you even come from? What's going on? Brian, I need to know everything you know about the person that gave you that scar. Oh, some elvish prick. What did you say his name was? Atticus Whitmore. Oh, Jesus. You're not from that fucking shitty adoption auction bullshit they do in Curthis, are you? You know about my adoption? And I think at that moment, any kind of thought of current causing more harm at that point is gone. And can I, um, I, I, cause I can see that, that Brian is, is, you know, pretty hurt can i can i try to cast healings a spirit just to see if i can like ease her suffering a bit here yeah and what kind of magic are you calling on as you try to do this is it the magic of nature or the magic of divinity i think i'm going to try nature one hit point that's fine so you're calling forward a nature spirit to soothe the wounded so what is this um manifestation of like current's version of nature look like so I think since it's casted on the whole room, you'll kind of see this greenish kind of aura and maybe there's vines. And since it's a healing kind of spirit, the vines are kind of sprouting little flowers that they don't last in the air. They're just kind of there for a moment. You'll see a vine, some flowers, and they'll disappear, vine flowers and disappear. Um, and that's kind of just swirling around the area while it's going on. How badly does that terrify Brian? I think Brian kind of like shrinks away from it and into herself as much as she can on the bed. The first time she got hurt, she didn't see any of the magic. She knew it was being used on her because she could feel it, but she couldn't see any of it. And so I think she visibly like makes herself smaller. Look, 
I want to help you, but there's some things I need to know. I've had questions about my adoption, about my father. I don't even know what happened to my real parents. I mean, I know they died, but I need to know everything, Brian. Who sent you after? Who sent you after my father, and why? I don't have that information, current. I know what was on the dossier, and that's all that I know. I can tell you that, but I don't know how useful it'll be. And as far as the adoption goes, it's not exactly a secret in Curthis, at least not in certain circles. I know nothing. They they push me away. I I've been I've been being blackmailed by. A man just trying to get information about it and gave me this slab and what slab okay so i'll I'll reach out and i'll put it and i'm gonna hold it to where brian can see and i'll kind of flip it brian tries to reach for it to her 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 eye goes wide and she tries to reach for it and she again like convulses because of the pain from it and she kind of like cries out a little bit this time and then she says and she says you gotta be fucking shitting me there's fucking two of these on this goddamn ship what the fuck is going on You've seen this before? Yes. What is it? Where did you get this? It came with a letter from my dad. From your dad, Articus Whitmore. Can I see the letter? Uh, yeah. And I'll pull out the letter and I'll show I'll show you the front side uh, with his writing. And then the back side with our deed on it as well. She says, what's this on the back? Is this a house deed? Is this your house? This is our house. Well, I don't think it's your house anymore. And then she gives it back. She says, when did you get this? This was right before we left. Oh, Jesus Christ. Abyss of fucking take everybody on this goddamn ship, me included. Okay, listen. Curran, here's what I know about your dad. Okay. About a year and a half ago, almost two years actually, I was hired by one of my regular clients. I will not tell you more than that. Because to be honest, I'm not willing to sacrifice the sanctity of the entire smuggler network in Curthis for this. No offense. The dossier named Atticus Whitmore said that he was a noble at the castle and that he was pretty high up in the Akinon and that he was endangering the people of the city in the sky. And so I was tasked, well, hired, I made good money doing this. I almost died doing it, but I made good money doing it. You wouldn't have made the money. You didn't complete the job. You're correct. I was supposed to take out your dad, I guess, and an offshoreman that he was meeting at the docks to trade something. I was supposed to kill them both before the deal was done and then take whatever it was that they would trade in, which I'm going to guess is that fucking piece of metal in your hand, and give it back to my client who was going to see that it was taken care of and taken off Curthis. Here's what happened instead. I tracked your dad all day, and at no point did he have anybody else with him. And now I've realized that he did, and that your father was working with the Fae, because that's how I got this fucking piece of shit injury on my back. And that's why, when two nights ago we nearly got hit by a colossal, it looked at me, apparently... And now this is happening. Gideon said I'm leaking purple smoke. I don't even have magic. We're leaking purple a little bit. Yeah. That's... Are your vines fixing it at all, or is are they just kind of pretty? They're 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 supposed to help. How you are... you notice that this magic that this magic is actually kind of current? Roll an Arcana check followed by a Religion check for me. A f- sixteen Arcana 
and a 10 history. So it's going to happen, but you're not going to have any fucking idea why. Brilliant. So um, you notice that your magic is doing a pretty decent amount to, for all things considered, stitch this wound shut. By the end of this conversation, it's not leaking anymore, but the infection is still underneath Brian's skin. I was going to say, I don't think I feel any better. I don't think it, like... No. No. But visibly, much. She says, I don't feel anything. Is it doing anything? I hate this. Hey, hey, the hole's closed. Well, that's something, I guess. Took two months for that to happen last time. Yeah, and and you're not leaking. Oh, okay, that's good, too. Thanks. Sorry about your dad, I guess. Is he still alive? Do you know? Is he... I, I don't know. I hadn't seen him. The, he hadn't been there at the castle. Uh, and, 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 and Misha sent out a, a search party for him. Wow, none of you castle kids give a shit about noble titles, do you? Anyway, a search party. Did the search party turn anything up? Nothing. I don't like that current. current. Told me not to worry about it. Oh, I really don't like that current. Yeah, I, I don't know that I do now either. You said before that. The adoption, that it wasn't a secret? What did you mean? Brian, your head's a bit more on his shoulders. I know that a lot of times the castle ends up taken in orphans, and sometimes they're not treated so well. So I'm glad that you were adopted by somebody at least high up enough to give you a comfortable life, right? But I'm sorry that he was apparently working with the Fae, at least from what I know. All right, well, so what? Now we have two... There's there's more than one of, of these slap things. Do you have the other one? No. Right. Well, we got to find out more about this thing and and why it's tied to my dad and what, what is there some somebody we can talk to when we touch down? Our first order of business is that we have to get sponsorship from a guild. So the other guilds will give us permission to enter the city. And then once we enter the city, hopefully we can find somebody who can heal my back wound. I have an idea about that. We'll deal with it when we get there. And then after that, I don't know. We got to find this map. What is Adriel's thought? What is what is the, the chosen one's plan? I'm sure I threw a big wrench in those plans. Uh, Adriel, fuck. Is everything okay? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not really okay. You just found out that your dad's kind of a bastard. Sorry. Yeah, it's still fresh, you know? It's still... Yeah. I'm sorry. You also don't know me from Abyssa, so I'm sorry that I'm the one to tell you that. It's, I actually... I, I heard it through the walls. Oh, that yeah, I've, I've been there. That sucks. Yeah. Um, look, I gotta... Thank you. Brian, thank you. Thank you for the, the pretty vines. I don't feel better, but if I'm not leaking, that's probably a good thing, right? It feels like a right step, you know? I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's closed. So that's a, that's, that's, that's one less thing that, that they have to do for you, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Could you do me a favor and send Gideon back in here? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Thanks. And I'll go out to go find Gideon. Gideon is still laying in Curran's bed, <laughs> waiting for Curran to get back. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Current's just gonna open the door and walk in, and uh, I'm probably Current's probably lost most of the coloring in their face. There's just shock right now, and uh, just turns to Gideon and says, "Brian wants to see you. We can talk after." 
Okay. Um, Gideon just immediately pulls Karin into a huge hug and is like clutching them against their chest. Karin just starts sobbing. Yeah, I think Gideon's just giving them a back rub. I'm so sorry. I'll be your dad. I'm your dad now. We'll be each other's dads. Thank you. Yeah. And then Gideon starts crying because Curran's crying, but it's a lot quieter. Curran feels like a wetness on their head. I'll bake you something later as an apology for uh, uh, your dad. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I like cookies. Thanks. We cut um, now to uh, Gideon in front of Brian. Brian's starting to get kind of sleepy. She's She's tired. She said a lot today. But I think she kind of like, when she hears Gideon come in, she says, is that Gemma? Is that who I asked for? It's who you asked for. She's going to hold her hand out. Gideon uncrosses their arms and takes it. She gives your hand a little squeeze. And she says, I understand why you didn't want to tell me that I was contracted to kill Curran's dad. Yeah, I'm sorry. You don't have to be sorry. I just, uh, I would never threaten you, Gideon. And I know that I'm the big, scary assassin that you brought on this ship, but you don't have to be afraid of me. You're the small, scary assassin I brought on this ship. And I'm not afraid Did of you. Did you have to rub it in? You like, <laughs> you're like seven feet tall. Who even needs to be that tall? What do you do with all that height? Grab things off of fucking tall shelves? Jesus, Gideon. I step on shitty dads now, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Is Karin okay? <sighs> They will be. I'm going to bake them cookies. Um, I don't You're going to bake I them? Think they need Wait a minute. Oh, God. Did you bake those? You told me you bought those. I lied. I baked them all night and I did it twice because I fucked it up the first time. Because I don't typically make, you know, lemon stuff. But I know you like lemon stuff, so then I made the lemon things. Oh, Gideon. Don't tell anyone. Not that I made something for you. It's just me baking. I just... I know. It kind of undercuts the whole tough exterior, doesn't it? It's too nice, so no one can know. I like it when you're nice. I like when you're nice, too. She squeezes her hand again. Gideon squeezes back. I'm sorry, I didn't want to lie to you. I just... Uh, it's okay. It's Look, if I had an assassin friend who came on to ship with me into the wilds and said to me, hey, the person who gave me a fey wound on my back that probably nearly got us all killed, I don't know how, but that seems accurate for this fucking piece of shit place, and then said, it's your friend's dad. I mean, I, you know, that's complicated. It's okay. We don't need to talk yeah. about it anymore. Let's not talk about it anymore, actually. I would love that. Great. Okay. Uh, you should probably go, though, because I'm pretty sure if Gemma comes in here and I have visitors, she'll kill us both, so... uh Let's get to tear pine in one piece, huh? Yeah. I mean, dying to Gemma would maybe be kind of cool, but I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not even going to. Uh, no, right now. you probably shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Gemma cuts in, uh, having been leaning in the doorway for you have no fucking idea how long. Brian immediately says, Gemma, play nice. Look, they healed me with pretty vines. More than you've been doing with your fucking water concoction or whatever that is. Okay, I'm glad you're doing a bit better, Brian, because I believe a thorough ass kicking is in grave need. Oh, no. You're one of the most experienced scavs I've ever had on my fucking ship. Where do I find you in the middle of a goddamn storm, Brian? Tell me. Floating in a stairwell. Floating in a fucking stairwell on the 
dock in a storm. Which means I broke your rule. Which means you broke my rule. We didn't actually hook up, so technically I didn't break your rule. Well, Brian, I'm sure it's not going to hurt that much when I technically don't break your fucking hand. I don't want any more mistakes from you on this ship, or your fucking kids are going to start thinking that they can make mistakes too. Understood, Gemma. Get my ass to Terrapine and I'll fix it, I promise. Ten hours, and you should sleep. You need some rest. Stop keeping her up. She says to Gideon. Squeezes Gideon's hand one more time and then, like, tucks her face down like she's going to go to sleep. Yeah, I think Gideon squeezes back and sort of is one of those dragging things that they hold on as long as they can. And as they're going out the door, they turn to Gemma and go, I'm really glad you're our captain. And then they just, they leave. She kind of, roll a perception check for me to see if you can hear what she mumbles to, uh, to Brian as you leave. An 11? Guess a number between one and five. Three. Shit. Okay, you got me. So I think you hear a bit of this and you can tell me what bits you hear. To Brine, Gemma says, goddamn right. She better be happy. I'm a captain. Can you check your ego at that goddamn door? Like, for once? She rolls her eyes and looks at you and says, oh, Brine, I can let my ego into the job if you can let year-long crushes into the job as well. Fair enough. Damn straight, it's fair enough. You've been sleeping in my bed for the past two days. Normally you wouldn't complain about that. Is it because of the magic or the blood? It's because you're not very useful in the bed right now, are you? Mm. She says as she uh, <laughs> joins you in it. Um, and I think that's uh, that's where we cut that scene. I need to know, Winona Adriel, is anything happening with you two before we land? Uh, I think Adri is like hanging out in the kitchen How? Area. You need like to sleep. Has. How are you? What do you mean I'm she hanging slept. out? It's oh, been it's been two days. days. Never mind. I was so worried days. about you. Continue. Uh, I think she's hanging out in the kitchen area like with Winona and she like made Winona some tea. She's also drinking tea and she's like sitting on one of the kitchen counters like reading through like a book and like cross-referencing like her terrapine stuff. Mm-hmm. And she like looks to Winona and she just goes, hey Winona, would you teach me how to fight? Yeah, what I mean, what do you what do you what do you want to know? Like, I just want to know how to fight. Like, I I I only really use magic. I don't really have weapons. I fe- I feel like knowing how to fight would be important down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I would say so. Winona's kind of like taken aback and flustered because she's like, "Oh, somebody wants to learn from me." But yeah, I could totally I could totally teach you how to use your hands. I mean, we have Adri like uh, looks at. Her little like mm. astrolabe thing, uh, and she like counts the stars on it, and she's like, "We have nine hours until we land in Terrapine." You want to start? I guess literally got to start now, then, huh? Yeah, um, I'll be right back. <laughs> she like because she's like in like a full skirt, and, like Adri's always in like full like high femme attire. Like she's always in like a, a a line skirt with pockets and like a blouse, and like you can't really fight in that. So she like runs really quickly to like her room, passing Gideon and Julian on the way, almost knocking both of them over. Cause that's just who she is as a person, like goes into her bedroom, finds like a pair of like uh, shorts and like a tank top that she can like spar in uh, and some sneakers and like changes really quickly before going back to the kitchen. And I'm just gonna stay the way I am. All right. Yeah, you're always ready for a fight. Let's Hell go. yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm here. Uh, cool. Um, so how, how much fighting have you done with your hands? Or in general? Mm, mm, Nothing. Not a lot. Not a lot. 
not no not a lot and she'll like uh she'll put her hair up in a bun and you can see the hickey's like kind of healing but it's still fucking massive not not a bruise huh Oh, uh, no, sorry, uh, not a bruise. Okay, cool. I mean, I mean te- 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 okay. technically a bruise. Understood, heard, and understood. So I guess the only way that we, uh, that, I mean, that I kind of learned how to fight is by doing. Okay. Edra's, like, just stoked. Like, she, like, her thirst for knowledge is is massive. So, like, she is stoked. <laughs> She's just like, all right. Oh, okay, cool. So come at me, and we'll figure it out from there. Okay. <laughs> I just want to see what your natural instincts are. Adriel will. How tall is Winona? Like five foot. I want to say like five foot three or four. Okay, we're at the same height. Okay, cool. Because if this was Gideon or Julian, Adriel would try to jump on their back because of how tall they are. I, I mean, shouldn't you like teach me like the proper things of like how to punch so that I don't hurt my hand? Like I know we have a lot of we, bones we in our hand, Winona. Little, you're I feel like whatever you're going to punch me with is not going to hurt either of us right now. That's rude. That's probably true, okay. but that's okay. still hurtful okay. and rude. That. No, I'm really, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Okay, okay, okay. So Winona is just kind of going through, like, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. stance motions and how to, like, duck and how to, like, box and all that good stuff. I think Adriel swings, I guess. Yeah, uh, can I just get a uh, d20 roll plus your strength and your proficiency, Adriel? <laughs> I rolled a nat 20. Oh, no. What do you do to Winona? <laughs> what do you do to her? I think Adriel like, tries to, like, she doesn't want to hit her in the face. So I think she, Come on. she punches her in the chest and it, like, knocks the wind <laughs> of Winona. Oh, I'm so sorry. I... Are you okay? I'm sorry. And like, I think anyone who's like in the general area can like hear this. Yeah, you hear Luso like cough very loudly when this happens uh, as he's trying to like hide laughter. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm um, fine. No. I can I can heal if you no. need healing. You're good. You've got. I'm worse. You've got a lot of strength. You've got a lot of strength. Those hands. You know, okay. I don't think you need as much help. As you think you do, I think you just need to know the the technique. So let, let, let's just let's just harness everything that you've got in you. We don't need to spar okay. more just yet, and we're just gonna just gonna go ahead and just continue to teach you the, to teach you the basic techniques. You're gonna be just fine. Oh goodness, we are now getting closer and closer to Terrapine and players. Hey, I, you know, I, I I think you've done enough work for the night. You've got some incredible scenes. I'm going to handle this this last chaos, uh, I think, myself. So how about we have all of the cast members go ahead and remove their headphones at this time? We are on the airship docks of Terrapine. They're located right at the tortoise's head on the outside. It looks like this tortoise statue is pulled up to a buffet of other airships. How delicious looking. And in the honor of fate, this scene happens not but 90 seconds before our heroes' ship touches down. All we see are feet, heeled boots treading across the Terrapine Terrace. Click, 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 click. Being followed by some sort of armored entourage. We watch 
as these shoes exit Terra Pine, walk to the decks, and get on a ship. In fact, this figure in these leather boots is standing at the ship entrance, looking back at Terra Pine. And this figure's clothes hold a brief familiarity to us. This cloak, this red cloak that in the sun hits shimmers of yellow and orange, looks a lot like a cloak from one of our party members. I think it's clear to us some sort of familial relation between the haughty tiefling from the castle and this girl, this tiefling female, not quite tiefling, this mix of tiefling and fae, this woman. She says, well, at least we got what we came for. She holds her hand out. Couldn't be older than 22, 23. She holds this hand out and a single black piece of metal the size of a pallet is handed to her. She kind of looks it over for a minute and says, just a few more of these and we might actually be able to do something about all of this. Let's take off. And we watch as Gideon's only living blood, completely unknown to her, turns around in the same cloak that Gideon was wearing and takes off in a ship. Thank you so much for listening to episode five of Death to Divinity, the first all fat, all queer D&D 5, the actual play show and podcast. Make sure to leave us a like, review, comment on wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us Friday nights at 8.30 p.m. EST over on twitch.tv slash royal. And lastly, remember to join our Patreon as Patreon is the only way that we are able to do this. For $3 a month, you get bonus content, character journals, extra live streams, and more. Thank you so much. As above, so below.